Hell MT Podcast, episode 33. Back at you. The station that slaps you across your face with a fat dick. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Shane, how are you, man? I'm good, dude. It's been a minute. That's that, I appreciate the pep talk before that, because I was running low on energy. Just got done. We, we just did a, a great podcast with a very long friend of mine, Mr. Dave Posey. It was great to have him on here. Uh, Dave Posey is the person who's kind of responsible for... Me having a career in the in the entertainment business right now that you'll find out about that as you listen to the podcast. But he also does a uh, kayak fishing, Dustin. Uh, he uh, half hitch man. He he does all those seminars yeah. uh, and lectures for kayak fishing and half hitch. And yeah, so big part of the community. Um, man, I recently I've been, I've been gone for a bit. We haven't done any episodes. I I left town for a little bit. Got to check out Yosemite and. No, you San, San Francisco Fran. and Monterey. Did you go to Moab? Somebody went to Moab. Well, no, I went to Big Sur. Big Sur. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. Uh, Kinda. Isn't it? But it's like just uh, big mountain ranges and stuff, right? Like and and red, like redwoods and shit. Yeah, big trees, awesome. koi's and shit. Yeah, I've man. never seen that shit. It was cool. How was that? It was all right. But you saw, what do you mean it's all right? You saw a redwood. Yeah, I, I, I went to the San Fran four years ago and I went to Guerneville for like a. Oh, a oh. My bad. No, I'm just saying I'd seen it before. But like, no, Yosemite was insane. That was just bizarre. You'd you'd look at a four thousand foot wall, and you could just barely see guys climbing it, like halfway up. You'd oh, see yeah. a little red speck, and then you'd throw on the binoculars and be like, "That's terrifying," because oh, it's God. just a flat, just a flat wall that they're climbing up. And like they said to you, they look like an ant, but then you see it's these two guys. I've just never seen it's those bizarre. massive trees. I feel like those massive trees would just be... It's, it's something it, it, else. It's, it's, it's really, really, really amazing to see. It's crazy. But we had a good time out there, for sure. Shouts to uh, shouts to Jake and Danielle. They hosted us uh, in Yosemite. They, oh, right. I uh, yeah, Jake's, Jake's managing a, a campsite, basically, mm-hmm. out there. with that. But it's also got yurts and cabins and all that. Mm-hmm. So we he hooked us up with a cabin and... Uh, Kelby got to see Danielle. I got to hang out with Jake, and he's doing a great job out there. Got to see Yosemite for three or four days, and then did the Monterey thing, and then uh, shouts to Kelby's cousins as well, Joe and John, who live in San Francisco. They took us into their house and let us crash with them for a bit, and we got to hang out in San Fran for three or four days. Uh, my father-in-law, who got to manhandle a snake, and we have the first day we what? got the first day we got into Yosemite. I set up my hammock right outside the cabin, and I laid in it for a few minutes, and then I still had to unload my all my bags and stuff. And all of a sudden, Kelby came in. She's like, there's a really big snake right by your hammock. I was like, bullshit. Walked out, and sure as shit, there was like a six-foot snake right by my hammock. I was like, whoa. Fuck no. Yeah, and, and I'm terrified of snakes. But the way I made myself less terrified of snakes was I educated myself on how to distinguish a venomous poisonous steak versus, you know, what's that? whatever. Man, mo- most venomous steaks they have uh, arrowheads basically, like triangle oh, shaped yeah, the, heads, the because head, they have to have their fangs, their venom sacs, and all that their stuff. And all yeah, that man. Shit. So in most case scenarios, like a coral snake is different, but you can also tell what a coral snake looks like. But most venomous steaks are gonna they're gonna have their eyes also are gonna be more. They aren't gonna be round. Their eyes are gonna be more uh, like. Uh, almost almond shape. Almond, yeah, yeah slant, that's racist. Um, but it, but anyway, so 
this snake, you could tell it wasn't venomous immediately because its 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 body was the same shape of, of its head. But still, I'm not trying to fuck around with a snake. Like I was like, I'm I'm staying away from them. So my father-in-law got down, starts crawling, and every he'd move about an inch a second, and before you know it, he's got this snake between both of his hands. Like just caressed the motherfucker yeah. into his hand. Yeah, he's like holding he the snake. Just just yeah, he's holding the snake, it. and the snake just. As soon as the snake realizes that it's being manhandled, it wants to leave, but it just slowly, slowly leaves out of his hands, and you just see him. He's holding the snake in both of his hands, and you just see the snake going through his hands. I'm like, you fucking crazy man. Yeah, apparently, see the way the way that we made this trip happen is, but but my father in law doesn't get to do a lot of things. He he stays home, takes mm-hmm. care of the dogs. He has his own business. He doesn't he doesn't do he gets to do stuff, but uh, but not much. And he, and he does a lot for other people. So I asked him for his 60th birthday. I said, "Where do you want to go that you've never been?" He's like, "I want to go to the Pacific." I was like, "All right, let's do it." So me and my wife flew him out there, kind of, and I I didn't realize it, but he just got he got new hips too, so he couldn't walk yeah. for a long. He was having he was in mm-hmm. a lot of pain, couldn't walk, and. This was kind of like a bucket list trip for him, and I didn't realize. Like I, I guess I just didn't put myself in his position. He he was pain free. He could walk. He could. So this dude, he was grabbing snakes. He was walking to the edge of an eight thousand foot cliff, and shit. Like Kelly was screaming at him not to. I'm freaking, <laughs> freaking out because I'm just ter- completely terrified of heights, especially at that at that level. But it was good to see him doing whatever he wanted, and that's you know, awesome. All that yeah. stuff. And so we had a really good, good time out there. But uh, but anyway, I promise uh, any, anyone who who's still listening to this uh, this podcast, we're gonna get back on schedule. We have the next seven weeks booked, and now that our summer's kind of in full swing here, we're gonna be hitting it more full time. Shane, what's new with you, dude? Not a whole lot, man. You I mean you kind of <clears throat> got it in with just full summer swing? That takes up a good chunk of time right off the off yeah. the bat. We gotta, you know, no one wants to hear that. It's it's just it's all. Hiring new people and training this and that and getting it all together, but now we're on a good path and that's it, man. So our time's gonna be fucking taken up, but yeah, this is it. Yep, going to Nashville in the morning with the band, uh, with the band Imogene. They're gonna do two nights over there, so we're gonna we're gonna get on with this. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, reach out to us wimty.podcast at gmail.com. Like I said, my guest today is Dave Posey. I hope you all enjoy it. It was it was great catching up with him. He's also a very very busy guy, so we don't get to we don't get to sit around and shoot the shit as much as we'd like to. So it was great to have him here and, and enjoyed talking to him. So good to get back in here with you too, Shane. Shit, dude, it's been yes, a minute, you man. <laughs> yeah, you like you shaved your head. It's like bitch, I've had a shaved head for like two months now. Uh, not shaved, but cl- close down. But anyway, thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed. Please welcome my guest, Dave Posey. Do it. All right, Dave Posey, my guest today on the Wednesday podcast. Welcome, dude. What's up? Doing good, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming in, man. I know you're crazy busy, dude. So. I'm so stoked, man. It's been a while yeah, since we've been meaning to, to do this for for a bit, right? Yeah, I know. Um, so we were just we were just talking. You had a you had an interesting go of it yesterday with uh, you got this crazy fish, dude. And, uh, yeah. 
threw down a little bit. So my buddy came in from Atlanta. <laughs> he's a big fly fisherman guy. <clears throat> and he's like, man, I just want to catch, you know, just whatever. I don't care. I just want to pull. I'm like, bro, I got you, you know. So we went out fishing all day. We, you know, got into a few trout. Mm, caught a couple little dinks. We're like, ah, this sucks, you know. I was like, oh, yeah, light bulb. I can't really explain. I can't really say where the spot is because I don't want to give it away because I want to go back there and crush them. But uh, so I'm like, I know a spot where there's some black drum. He's like, really? I was like, yeah, man. I was like, they're pretty big. They're, they're all right. You know, like maybe 10 pounds or something, dude. We get back there and they're like 40 pounders in the big school. Jeez. And I was like, what fly do you want to use? You know, just throw something on. <clears throat> so we put a sinking line on there, man, and just crushed them. Dude, first freaking, first cast, bam, 40 pound redfish or a black drum on. Jeez. <clears throat> He's like, all right, you want to try this? It was, we were fishing glass rods, the Orvis, the new Orvis glass rods. Second cast, me in there. Whew, bam. I was like, I've never fished that spot and mm-hmm. been able to, you know, connect as good as I ever have with the fly. And I'm not a big fly fisherman. I'm just getting into it. But I'll tell you what, man, I'm, I'm ate up with it now, dude. It's like every time I don't even want to break out the spinning reel. Yeah. Because I do it all the time with customers. That's mm-hmm. all I do, you know, mm-hmm. is, is fish spin reels and stuff like that. But I'm trying to step my game up in the fly. Yeah. So, yeah, so for I mean for those that don't know, you uh you run kayak fishing Dustin. Mm-hmm. Sure do. Exactly what it sounds like. Been doing it for eight years, man. It's crazy. Has it really been eight well, years? Uh, well, me when me and you, you know, started out doing the music thing and you know, I got like Yeah, that was like two thousand thirteen. So it's been since then, man. Can you believe that was five years ago? Five years ago. <laughs> no, I can't. But that, it was great. That's a high school career plus a year. It was great. If for those of you who don't know, Dude, Jared had it freaking rock and roll. Dude, I was like so burnt out. I was like, man, I don't want to do this shit anymore, you know. And he came in and he was like, ah, it's him, dude. I'm not, I'm not meant for it anymore, man. It was just like one of those things. I just got burnt, dude. Like you get, I don't. But the thing is with fishing, I just, I don't get that anymore, yeah. you know, because I'm always with different people and doing different things and seeing different sceneries and I'm not sitting at a desk, you know. Yeah. It's just I'm, I'm out there with people and I'm watching people catch fishes, just the shit, you know. Yeah. I mean, like seeing people that have never caught up that big of a fish and they're like landing one. They're like, Oh my God, they're going to go back and tell everybody, you know, and especially on a kayak. Yeah. I mean, I do boat charters, you know, that's kind of like a side gig kind of project. If somebody doesn't want to get out on the kayak, but, but the kayak is to me is where it's at most of the time. I, we got to go slam the snappers. Dude, I did yesterday. Yeah. And it was shitty at first, man. It was terrible. And I was like, man, my buddy, like, so what, the bite like, was terrible the or bite the, was, the bite was the, just the spots we were on. Yeah. Right? I don't have a lot of good spots offshore. Okay. Um, okay. But I do have some select spots that I usually go, mm-hmm. and uh, we went to one spot, and we didn't catch anything. And then I was like, break out the fly. You know, it's like 50 feet of water. He's got a sinking line. I was like, throw it out there. Dude, first cast. Again, this guy, my buddy Aaron, bam, hooks up with a 40-pound jacker ball, around 40 pounds. <laughs> and, dude, he, so he's getting, he's fighting the hell out of it, dude, getting it out of the boat. Wham, wham. Everybody's That's like, a violent hey. fish. Dude, everybody's on the boat like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is awesome. How does it? Okay, so explain to me how a fly rod actually works because there's no drag on it, right? You just let go of it, right? No, or is there drag? There is a drag. Okay, yeah. so the fish is going to pull drag on you. Yeah, you can either let it, you can get them on the line, which is most of the time what you're going to do anyway. Because mm-hmm. as soon as so you're stripping line, right? Yeah. And as soon as that fish takes it, he, he'll take out your line and you get get him back on the reel. You can actually strip. And get them in that way, but with big fish like that, you want to get on the line and, and fight them back in. Yeah, because I would assume a 40-pound a, a Jack Cravel is going to mess you up pretty bad if you try to grab that line with your hand. Well, I didn't tell you the full story, did I? No, I'm sorry I interrupted you. <laughs> so anyway, so he's working it, dude, and everybody on the boat's like, yeah, we didn't catch any snappers, so we were like, man, we got a pull, you know, on a fly, too. We were dropping down baits and everything, just doing the whole, like, bottom fishing thing. 
And I'm sitting over here like, man, this sucks. Like, I got people on the boat that are his friends. And I'm like, man, these guys are going to think I'm like some, you know, freaking ball jack or something. Like, can't catch fish. And I was like, Aaron, throw the fly. And we looked over, and we could see a bunch of fish. And he threw the fly. First cast on the fly, dude, he landed it. So he's he's reeling. He got it on the reel, and he's reeling it in, trying to get in and fighting the hell out of it. Dude, it probably took like 30 minutes. Gets it up the boat. Snap! <laughs> Freaking fly rod broke. It was on an eight weight, so yeah. you know. But uh, and I'm we assu- still and still landed it. Dude. I'm assuming that's it. an Orvis. That's a pretty expensive rod, too. Yeah, but he gets some kind of warranty on it. But yeah. but uh, we netted it, got him in, took some pretty badass pictures. I actually have one on my phone. I'll show you. But um, got it in and freaking high fived and went to the next spot. So it's about dark now, and we're like, man, we're you know we we're done. We we yeah. did what we were, came out here to do. It doesn't matter. But I wanted to go grocery shopping because I needed to get some fish in my, my refrigerator. So I was like, let's go grocery shopping and try to find some snapper. So we went out about five miles and got on the spot. And first drop, dude, it was lit up like a Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Snapper, 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 snapper. Boom. Got him and got out. Got him. Went home. Done. And then the day before, you know, we uh, and I was like, this guy, man. I mean, like, he came in town, like, on a whim, you know, and just – wrecked it just know? got some really good fishing done and then i'll have friends that want to fish me and call me like for you give me like year notice in advance and then get down here and the fishing is like shitty and uh you know we don't catch anything you yeah know? it's like just gotta fly by the seat of your pants sometimes man just go with it you know yeah how does that work on a uh because i'm sure it's a lot different if you're on a boat if a spot's not happening you can be you can be out of there fucking kidding me yes are you on the radio yeah we're recording his wipers are on. Okay. And his battery's going to die. He doesn't know. Oh. Just hit stop. Can you, can you still you. edit it? Yeah, we can edit yeah. it. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> so, how does one leave their windshield wipers going? Did you just leave your car running? Well, you know, it looked like <clears throat> it was going to rain, so I wanted to prep them. <laughs> <laughs> we just, sorry guys, we See, just had to stop because uh, Dave apparently doesn't know how to operate a vehicle. And left his uh, left his windshield <laughs> wipers going. Dude, it's a jeep. Those things do crazy things. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, anyway, I was uh, I was gonna ask what happens if you're in a if you're in a vessel with a with an outboard on it. If, if a spot's not hitting, you can be in another place several miles away pretty quickly. When you're planning your kayak trips, you're pretty much you're stuck in that place for the day. So you need to make something happen, even if the fishing is cold, because you have people paying one hundred fifty two hundred dollars to go out each and they want to catch fish a lot more pressure kayak fishing yeah but usually what i tell them is you know hey look this is all about the experience um but most of the time it's put in your time you know like i put in my time in these spots and i know them very well like i focus i'm on the kayak you're focused on areas and if you don't if you don't fish these spots regularly yeah, you might get skunked. I mean, I've been skunked, dude. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, there's times where I've taken people out and I've gotten skunked. But you know, at the end of the day, I don't. People don't pay me to go fishing. People pay me for the setup and breakdown and the good time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not really a meat type of trip. Like I don't. For the, with the kayaks, it's not a meat trip. It's more like a, you know, experience taking people out, putting them on fish, sight fishing, blah blah blah. So yeah, I usually let them know in the beginning. Hey, look, this is how it's gonna be. We're not gonna have a fish ride at the end. This is all about. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to clean your fish for you, basically. So, I mean, I'll clean them. Yeah. But you're not stuck in a cooler. Yeah. Not not on the kayak. I mean, you can't, I can, but that's not what it's about, you know? Because to me, even fishing in general, I don't even like the whole, you know, taking people out to go bring home meat, you know? I mean, I'll do it for myself. I'll take some people out occasionally if they want to go catch, keep a couple fish. But for me, it's all about the sport. 
and I can do that on my own. You know, people want to usually if they're like, "Hey, we're gonna have a fish fry tomorrow," and I'm usually like, "Hey, man, go get on one of those cattle boats or something like that." Yeah, and you, you guys can rake up a lot more fish for what you're wanting to do. But for me, it's more about the experience. Yeah, if you're if you're going fishing for value, <laughs> like if you're gonna try to pay money so you can get fish for cheaper than you would at the market, like just don't do it. Yeah, just pay sixty five dollars. Yeah, and go on, on Dustin Princess. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or or you can go on the swoop with Chad Hall. <laughs> The fucking clown. <laughs> oh, boy. He called me the other day. Yeah? How'd that go? I don't know. He asked me if I want to be a captain on a boat in Orange Beach. I just said, okay. I'm just busy, man. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, we won't make it. We, don't, we try to make it not habit of not talking shit about people who aren't here. But, <laughs> you do a uh, great job. But he's, he's the only one. We, uh, when, we, when I had Collins on the, on the show, we talked about the whole proof is in the pudding thing. And, oh, God. And, uh. And and all that stuff when he told me that he was had been sober for six months, but he was drinking a Bud Light. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it's crazy, man. People, just delusion, uh, man. It's just nuts. But yeah, sorry, you lie to yourself so much that it's just when you blatantly lie to people in front of them and it's blatant, you don't even realize that you're lying anymore, just because it, it just you just get that so way. used to it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a shame, dude. You know, but. Yeah, that's how it goes, man. Especially, life, you know, especially people. in the music business, man. That's why a lot of people, you know, dude, the music yeah. business. Oh my god, it's insane. I, Which, speaking of, okay, those who don't know, Dave was very nice about it. Uh, just so people know, and I tell everyone this: if if you ever come up in conversation, there's no way I'd be doing what I'm doing right now had you not given me the opportunity you did. Uh, Dave had a, a booking agency, and. We talked for probably about a year about I was interested. You knew I was into it. Mm-hmm. And we were just like, you, you said you needed some help. Was like, and then one day we were just like, let's do it, man. Let's, let's make it happen. And within a year, we grew something pretty powerful, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, you just you didn't want to do it anymore. And Yeah, I just got so complacent, thing. man, you know. Like, I mean, it was showing in my life, yeah. not just, just everywhere, you know. Yeah. I just got to the point where I just couldn't keep up. I was trying to stick too many irons in the fire and I wasn't, you know, I was promising and not, I was, what do you call it? Over promising and under delivering. Exactly. And, you know, with that, it's just, you know, I I realized, look, you know, this is not, and you know, as far as music, I mean, I still love play. I still play. You know, somebody asked me to come out and play. I've had some buddies say, Hey man, just come out and jam with me. I'd rather do that than do it for a living. You know, I think that for me, I think where my heart is at, I think is in the fishing, man. I mean, this you know, for the past five years, it's been great. I mean, there's definitely been some hard times of, you know, but overall, I mean, I got to give a shout out to Scott Wells. We actually started the business together. It's funny because, <clears throat> you know, Swede. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is how it started. He's coming home, right? Yeah, yeah. he's going to Kansas, or I think it's Kansas. But he got, you know, a big story about him recently. But um, so my buddy Swede was like, hey, I got a buddy that – um. This is before I ever even kayak fished a day in my life. This was like six, seven, or seven years, eight years ago, excuse me. He's like, hey, man, I got a buddy that's got a kayak. I had bought like a Walmart, like, shitty kayak, like one of those Sun Dolphins or whatever. And I was just taking it out here and there. I think I took out Clint from Hotel Oscar one time. Okay. That's when I first started. But uh, he's like, Sweet was like, hey, I got a buddy named Scott Wells. I Kobe a fish with Clint. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I got a buddy named Scott Wells. Uh, wants to go kayak fishing. And I heard that you kind of starting to kind of dip into doing a little bit of kayak fishing. I was like, yeah, yeah. Never met this dude in my life. He's a Marine from Alaska, like super cool guy. Scott you know? was a Marine? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure was. Um, you can't tell. It just looks, to me, it looks like a Marine. I'm like, ah, that guy's a Marine. But uh, 
anyway, so we <clears throat> we were out fishing one day. It was just out on north of Crab Island. We were just, you know, throwing freaking live bait, I think. You yeah. know, just some shrimp on the popping court, dude. And we just started crushing it, man, like catching all these fish. And it got about sunset. It was like a freaking bro love or something, like weird story. But I looked over and I was like, dude, I was like, wouldn't it be cool to take people out on guided kayak fishing trips, you know, and do this for a living? He's like, yeah, man. Anyway, we talked about it for about <clears throat> 30 minutes. We got in. That was like on a Saturday. I think it was my birthday, May 14th. It was like on a Saturday. Monday, we had seven kayaks, bought all the gear, and just like went head first into it. And by the end of the summer, we actually had a pretty good amount of clients for the first year. Second year got better. Third year got better. And it just keeps getting better every year because you're getting repeat customers and stuff like that. But he, the reason why he dipped out he moved to New Zealand. He was going to start up a kayak fishing business over there. End up meeting this chick. They got, you know, blah, blah, Damn blah. It. <laughs> yeah. They got engaged and then they broke up and then he he never started the business. And so we kind of like settled out on some deals like, hey, you know, give me some kayaks and some money or whatever. And it just kind of fizzled out because he was never around to, to be able to take care of it. Yeah. His plan was to go there, start it, come back, and we were going to have one here and one in New Zealand, but it just didn't all work out. And then he ended up starting his own guide thing in, like, Hawaii. He does, like, scuba trips, and then he does some stuff in Alaska. So, But got to give props to him, man, because he was a good dude. But like I said, we just – he just wasn't around enough to make it happen, and I was all for it, you know. Yeah, you can't, you can't run a business with someone while they're in New Zealand, mm-hmm. especially if it's a, a, a business that's as physically demanding as kayak charter fishing is because a lot of people don't understand – you're doing if you have six people that you're taking out that day, it's a two and a half hour prep for sure, just to even get ready to get out there. Yeah, and then you know you got two hours before you even get out there. You got to get to the spot. You got to load all the kayaks by yourself, which I have a way to do that. Didn't at first I was breaking my back. Get there, unload everything, set up the kayaks, take them on the trip all day. Listen, you know when you got kids and stuff like that. Ah, well, we aren't catching anything, you know, because the kids sometimes can be like the worst fishing partners because. They're always like, they're just impatient. Deal with that all day and then come back. You spend about two hours. You got to come home, wash everything off. And by the time you're just done, you know, but it's something about being out close to the water and like catching up a fish, like up close and personal. It's just, you know, it's, it's awesome. Dude. Yeah. If you, especially if you get into a good fish or something, you know, cause I ran, I ran a few charters for you as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a lot of fun. And even <clears throat> in my head, we were, we, we were catching just, we couldn't get out of the catfish and ladyfish. And I was just like, man, but look, where are the trouts and reds? We just couldn't. They just weren't around. Got that fucker. <laughs> and, and even so, I didn't think about it, but, like, these people aren't, aren't from here. And they caught, like, 17 fish each. Mm-hmm. Like, everywhere we went. So to them, it was still probably a great trip, even though, even though it's not what we were targeting, you know? So it's kind of one of those things. Yeah, they don't, <clears throat> they don't necessarily know, like, you know, when they get something on the end of the line, that's great. You know, I mean, it's, unfortunately, it doesn't have to be a cat. Like, catfish suck, you know. I mean, it's the worst thing ever to catch, but, you know, they st- they don't care. You know? Dude, still dude, the ladyfish fish. can be fun as fuck to catch. Yeah, ladyfish on the fly are really yeah. fun, man. You know, I mean, everybody's like, oh, trash fish. I'm like, dude, I'll catch a ladyfish all day on the fly. I mean, on the rock, even on the spinning reel, it's fun, but. Dude, they jump, they, they, they fight a little bit. I mean, for a Poor customer. man's tarpon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, for some for some kid out of nowhere Wyoming or some shit, you know what I mean? That's got to be a blast. Yeah, I mean, they don't see... Saltwater fish are a totally different dynamic, man. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, except for steelhead, you're talking steelhead's like a lot more powerful of a fish, but 
for the most part, man. Saltwater, dude, you get, you know, you're a freshwater fisherman all your life. You get out here and start fishing the saltwater, it kind of changes the game a little bit, you know. For sure. Oh, yeah. Start getting on some bigger fish. Yeah, it's monsters. It's crazy. But it's fun, man. Like, it's, I don't miss, I don't regret a day of, yeah. you know, making that change. And it's awesome, dude. I mean, I just love, love being, I'm always on the water, though, dude. Like, always on the boat, kayak, searching out different spots, you know. Are you still working with Half Hitch as well? I am, yeah. I'm taking care of all their paddle sports from Navarre all the way to Port St. Joe. So I'm running around doing that a lot during the week. And then Sunday through Tuesdays, I'm off from there, and I do my guide trips. And then I'll also do them at night during the days I do work at Half Hitch. So I stay pretty busy, man. <laughs> I stay pretty busy. But I love it, you know. I mean, it's, huh. it keeps me busy. It keeps my head, you know, straight. You know, I get to get to take people out and – do what I love to yeah, do. Yeah, so you're still thing. running. You're still running a bunch of trips. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's going good, man. Yeah. You know, at first I was like, ah, oh, this is gonna be like a little supplemental income type business, but it's getting to the point where you know and you have, have some to, repeat customers. I and do. Stuff. I need to hire a couple more guides. So if anybody out there knows how to kayak fish, hit me up. Just yeah. be patient. That's all. That's all there is to it. But yeah. Um. But yeah, man, I do that. Uh, work at Half Hitch, like I said, um, I do. I go to like they send me to like seminars. I go to ICAST every year, and and I do a bunch of fishing seminars for um, for them, also for myself. But it kind of ties in with the work. It's like a, it's perfect. It's a perfect scenario, dude. Because like I'm kayak fishing, but I take care of the kayaks at Half Hitch. So the kayaks that I sell there, the kayaks that I use, um, I deal with a lot of people in the industry all the time. So I'm always meeting like cool people and stuff that are like big fishermen, you know, that, that travel all around the world and stuff like that, which I want to do eventually is like travel around the world and fish, which who doesn't, you know, but my main thing is, man, I just do what I love to do. Dude, that's like, there's one thing I want to implement to anybody who do what you love to do. I don't care, man. Like money is going to come later, dude. You know, like I've always, I'm the king of that dude. Like doing what I love to do. I've always done that. You know, and I've never, you know, there's a, well, there's a couple jobs, but you have to pay your dues every now and then and work a shitty job like I have. Like, I work like for what? The, well, I work for the government. Um, it wasn't a bad job, but, you know, I worked for civil engineering on uh, Duke Air Force Base for two years, you know, just around a bunch of really old dudes that know everything, you know. <laughs> they were all prior, they're all prior. That kind of gets old, you know, like, oh, you're, you know, you're the, you're the freaking kid all the time, even though, you know, talk to you like, hey, I never knew I had, I was just terrible a person until I started working with you guys because you guys are telling me, you know, it's just, but I mean, it was cool. It was, a, it was a good, I was out in the woods all the time. So I was dealing, you know, I was never around like civilization. We were out deep on like, you know, on Eglin Air Force Base, like maintaining all the forestry roads and stuff like that. It was cool. I got to see a lot of cool nature and I learned a lot about some creeks and stuff out there that I go to to this day. But so, I mean, it really, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad job. I just think I didn't. That's not where like 100 percent where I was. My heart was focused on, and I didn't even know I was going to become a fisherman, dude, until that one day. You know, it's crazy. Like it's just bam. I've always fished all my life, but not just thinking of being a guide. Now I'm like, what? I would never thought of that. I thought I was always going to be like a musician or like a stockbroker or something like that. You know, but is there any would, competition? Are there other people doing? Yeah, uh, there's a couple dudes. Um, there's one guy out in Navarre. This dude Brandon Barton does it out in Pensacola. Really good. He's an awesome fisherman, man. He, he, the dude's, dude's pretty awesome. Uh, I don't think there's anyone in Panama City. I'm um, so I'm spread out now from Panama City all the way to Pensacola, 
Um, I got a booking agency that's booking all my trips now. I'm not really doing a whole bunch. I get a couple calls here and there from some SEO from my website, but most of my business does come from my website, and then the rest comes from fishingbooker.com, which is a great to take a little bit of percentage, but man, you don't have to deal with it. You know what I mean? It's like you just they, they send me a text message, hey, you got a trip this day. You just fill it, you just basically fill in your calendar of what you want, you know, what days you want off, and they just fill you up. Yeah. They, and being that I'm the only guy, only kayak fishing <coughs> on Fishing Booker, I'm getting a lot of a lot of charters that way too. And I don't have to deal with, you know, only time I have to really talk to the customer is kind of brief them on what we're going to do that day. Yeah, like tell but, them where to meet, that kind of stuff. But it's awesome. I should have done it like eight years ago. Yeah. Because, you know, they're not going to have a more time for myself. I was constantly, you know how it is when you're, you're a booking agent, dude. So you're constantly on the phone, dude. Like constantly talking to people, constantly negotiating. I like the fact that, I think that's one of the things why I wanted to get out of it because I was always having to be tied down to like my cell phone and I want to be more like free to be able to focus. You're exactly yeah. right. You're exactly yeah. right. I went to, I went over to uh, Yosemite and San Francisco and three days into it, I was just like, I want to go back home because this isn't, this isn't fun for me just because the whole Constantly time. Constantly thinking. Mm-hmm. And just the phone's going off the whole time. Like, and, the, and also the the job of being a booking agent that there there has to be a certain amount of talent there but there also it's responsiveness that's the way you're successful is being responsive so if you aren't you're failing at your job so it just it makes it really hard for me to ever leave <laughs> you know something funny like, that I know about you too man is and when it happened with me too when when you and I were working together and it did throughout the whole booking thing is that you get somebody that calls you how the hell did I get my number you get all these musicians that call you from you don't even know you never heard of them in your life dude. they're from like Los Angeles or something you're yeah. like who's this this is so and so and blah 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 uh, we'll see if you can book me some gigs I'm like dude it's just not like that's just not how it is you know like but they'll get your number from who knows God knows where yeah. Some somebody down the pipeline gave them your number and you're like uh, well yeah man but you get some that's the thing about with, with, with booking like what you do it's tough, man, because you got a lot. You want to try to take care. I'm, I was always the type of person. I want to make everybody happy, and the reality is that's not the reality. Well, that's how you I know? started. It, but I had to. I had to make my roster smaller. Mm-hmm. I'd rather take care of a few people really well than take care of a lot of people terribly. So I had to make that distinction. And my my pet peeve is, I have a game I play on Facebook whenever I get a friend request. And like the guy has a guitar on in the picture. I'm like, how soon before that fucking guy was gonna call me? Messages me, either messages me or something. And sometimes it's almost immediate. As soon as I accept the request, oh, it's thank you for being my friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I have no idea who this person is. And uh, I'll normally respond to them like, hey, normally I don't handle business on Facebook, but you know. Well, the heritage was like the thing too, man. Like, mm-hmm. You know, I was doing all the booking and playing. Yeah. And I think that's what kind of burnt me out too, you know. And then I got in. Well, Heritage, uh, we you know we had Hunter on a little bit ago, and Heritage just got Heritage got so popular so fast. So there was obviously, you know, not only was it a, a thing that people were into that helps. If you have a great band, that helps. But there was definitely you guys were doing the right work behind the scenes, mm-hmm. you know, and you were handling you know the booking and. Yeah, but it, uh, man, it's hard when you're in the band. In your booking, because everybody looks at you if something messes up, you know. And I mean, Hunter's a good dude, so mm. like, you know, Hunter's got a pretty good level head, so he doesn't get pissed off like real easily. Yeah. And so he's he would probably be a little better. He's probably a little better than, than I was. Yeah. I was just more like, 
you know, charging it, like whatever we could get gigs at the beginning. And I was more like the beginning guy. So I was just trying to get whatever gigs we could, you know, to make some kind of sense out of what the traveling we were doing and, and whatever. And, and I mean, it was fun, dude. Like I love being on the road and, you know, it gets kind of crappy after a while when you're in the van with a bunch of stinky dudes for, you know, days at a time. Um, the travel is what I really liked about it. Cause I'm, I love adventure, man. I like yeah. being out on the road and stuff like that. But I think that was kind of a burnout for me, just being away from home all the time. <clears throat> and then you got problems you're dealing with back, back at home, you know, yeah. wife's pissed cause you're gone all the time and then you're not necessarily, you know, the best husband ever on the road. So, you know, that was kind of a, took a toll on me. And then I was like, wow, you know, I'll try this again, but I'll try it when I'm not on the road. But then, you know, I just got the, at that point, that's when you and I kind of, you know, and I just, you took over and freaking killed it. And I was just like wanting to step out and I'm glad I did because everything, you know, happens for a reason, but but like I said, man, I I love music, man. I listen to everything, you know. It's, it's funny because I played it in a, like a reggae rock band. And now I'm like into like totally, you know, different kind of music. I've always been not one particular thing. It's always been like everything, you know. Yeah. But um, it's been cool, man. Like, you know. Well, you man, not only did you get, did you kind of give me the chance and give me a chance to succeed at this, but also when I was getting paid like paid writing gigs. The reason why I was getting paid to, to write articles was because of the uh, the first interview I did with Heritage. Oh, I forgot about that. That won that writing contest, and then people started offering me money to write. Yeah. That was the first time I ever got paid to write was the, the Heritage article mm-hmm. that I did. So like that, it's kind of just strange that both both of the things that, that I was doing outside of the restaurant industry for a while were, were kind of correlated towards what you were doing, man. So, you know, I'm, of yeah. course, always appreci- appreciative of that uh, – you know, regardless of anything. You know? Oh, dude, I've always valued so, our friendship, man. You're an yeah. awesome dude, you know. And, like, dude, it, it, <clears throat> the thing about it was it was, like, a blessing because you came in and you're like, all right, sweet, he's killing it, you know. And there were times where I was like, man, I'm trying to, you know, ah, I was getting, like, aggravated because I was trying to, like, be good, but it was I was just getting flustered all the time. And you came in and basically, like, took you, you killed it, dude. And I was like, man, this guy's way better than what I do. I've been doing it for so long, but... I didn't perfect it, you know. I was just doing it because it was a moneymaker, and, you know, I loved playing music. So where I went wrong was playing and booking at the same time, which I realized. It put a lot of conflict uh, between other other musicians and stuff like that because, like, this guy's, like, you know, having his cake and eat it too, you know what I mean? So I was booking, you know, a little bit more biased towards, like, what I was booking and stuff like that, and I was taking a lot of gigs, and I think as a booking agent, you can't do both. Yeah. Unless you're in a band, but if you're just a musician playing with all these musicians and you're trying to book, you know, yeah, because I had so many musician friends. Like, I mean, you got all the people that are playing, you know, season, freaking, uh, God, I mean, I don't know how many people, you know, Austin Jennings was, you know, a guy yeah. he came out from Alabama. And I was playing with all these guys, Scott Rockwood, which is amazing guitar player, you know, you guys know him. Um, I was playing with those guys like five days a week, trying to book, you know, trying to just keep my head above water. Yeah. And I, I think if I would have laid off and just done the booking and focused just on that and played here here and there, it would have been a lot better. But like I said, man, where I'm at now, I'm happy, dude. Like, yeah. it's, it's it's a happy – It's I love it, man. Fishing, you know. Like, I never would have thought I'd been a guide. Um, but it's been huge, man. I mean, meeting all these crazy people from different places, parts of the world, great fishermen – Going fishing with these all like trading trips and like 
all about the adventure, man. Yeah, man, that's what I'm all about. If so. I man, if I had the money, I'd fish almost every day. Mm-hmm. I would I would do it for a living, you know. And uh, there was a there was a class I took. I think I've said this on this podcast before, but they always they always said if you want to destroy a hobby, turn it into a career. I feel like fishing might be the exception for that because a, a lot of friends that I have that are captains, they still love it. They still love doing it, you know. Whereas working in the entertainment business and being a booking agent, I used to go to concerts to have a good time and I can still have a good time at a concert, but at the same time I'm analyzing everything. Exactly. Yeah. The whole time looking at the production. I wonder how much that production cost. I wonder what the artist's guarantee was. How many people are here? How much were ticket sales? You know, so I'm, I'm doing all these, I'm running all these numbers in my head and just destroying the whole concert experience for me. So, Nicky Harville. That's your boy, right? Yeah. He was on, he was on last Dude, week. He's, he, Nikki, you need to tell me where all these tarpon are, by the way. But anyway, <laughs> that's another. He'll story. take you, man. I know. Yeah, I don't want to steal the spots though, because I'll end up fishing on the kayak. There's no tarpon there's, spots. There's no, no spots I know. There's not. I know. <laughs> it's like Kobe. Well, fishing. it's where they are. Yeah. You know, you gotta you gotta find them and say, oh, they were here yesterday. They're not. They're not. Yeah. That's what I like about fishing, is you never know what you're gonna get. Yep. It's always an adventure, dude. Mm-hmm. Always. Like music, you know what you're going to get. You're going to go play the gig. Oh, you might get a drunk chick that does, you know, helicopters and she's on acid. <laughs> but for me, it's like being being out there in the water, dude, it's like takes every inch, inch of stress off me. Whether whether I'm with somebody guiding them or not, I mean, every now and then I'll get a little frustrated with some, you know, customers. I'm a little bit of a hard ass when it comes to fish because I'm like, dude, throw right there. Like I'm kind of, you know, and they're like, whoa, this guy. Like, But, but I'm telling you that because... I want you to catch a fish. That, yeah. And if you're not going to throw there, give me the rod. I'm going to catch a fish for you, and you're going to land it. But, like, you know, it's always, like, it, you never know what you're going to get, you know. And that's what I love about it, man. It's just being out, doing the adventure, you know. Yeah. And, and people freaking eat it up, man. They love it. When they catch that first fish, dude, they're hooked. I don't care who you are. Never fished a day in your life. That's fine. That's the thing about with with fishing, too, is you never fish a day in your life. You can do it. Anybody can do it. Um, nobody, not anybody can play an uh, instrument, you know, which we've seen that on stage many a times too. Hey, come on up here. Yeah, I can play guitar. Oh yeah, you can. All right. <laughs> freaking sounds like a freaking wet, like a freak. Somebody stepped on a cat. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. Right. That yeah. was a, uh, yeah. Get them off and you me. have no idea how, how much they've drank before they're getting up there. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not to be a bear of bad news, but I've been pretty drunk on stage many a times and probably I think thought every I sounded. musician has. Probably sounded pretty awesome. I thought I sounded pretty awesome. It probably sounded terrible, but I played. It. I played hand drums. I mean, how how could you mess that up? Yeah, Louis, on the other hand, or Roberto is a great percussion player. This guy's never mess up. I've never seen Louis mess up. Kind of like yeah, Louis. he takes it really seriously. Dude, he's badass. Yeah, he's, he's good. And Roberto, I mean, he's just like lat. You know, yeah. he's just Latin percussion guy. Like he knows how to play. But Louis has so many toys. He does. It, uh, from Cadillac, uh, Cadillac yeah, Willie, yeah, yeah. yeah, chimes and yeah, everything. Fucking nuts. <laughs> like he'll break. I'm like, where did you pull that from, dude? Like out of your pocket? Like you know, he's got everything. <laughs> yeah, it probably did come. He'll from like hit this little like. <laughs> like, it did. like yeah, where did that come from? How did you do that and still hit that drum? You know, like that. And I, I've never really thought of myself, you know, as being like this. I'm not an amazing musician. I just like to do it because it's fun, you know. I mean, I can play and hold down the fort, but it's not like these guys are like, you know, right brain, left brain, one hand over here, like doing all. I'm like, dude, I I tried to major in just the djembe for a while, you know, just to kind of, I need one drum. Like, I don't need 10. I mean, I played congas and stuff like that, but they're those guys are good, man. And uh, I learned a lot. Actually, Louis is the one who got me um, 
playing. He, really? They used to invite me up all the time. Calic Willie, when I was I was like 17, drinking at the bar, you know, freaking <laughs> Harbor Docks. No, I'm just kidding. I want to call you out. But um, <laughs> no, I used to go up there and, uh, and God, they, remember Louis would always see me in the back and he'd be like, There's Posey. He's like, Remember when like, that was Come the on, place? Posey. Remember when Harbor Docks was the place? The shit. Yeah, it was awesome. Like right when I first moved down, moved down here and started going out, like that, that was Harbor Docks was the spot. Mm hmm. Cadillac Willie every Wednesday sure. night, wasn't it? And ju- yeah, it was like either Wednesday or Thursday, whatever was ladies' night, mm-hmm. and there was just it was just always beautiful, beautiful women there, like all the time. It that's just it's a hot spot. It was not, yeah, it was a thing. Does that still happen? Are there? Mm-mm. They closed it down. No, no, I'm not talking about the stage. It's a wedding. I'm not talking about Harbor Docks. I'm just talking about in general. Are there any like, like where are the spot where all the where all the like the younger kids are going now. You booked this shit. That's honestly, part of your job. dude. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I think times have changed. I think you got Red Door and you got Boathouse now, and Boathouse is like a super club now. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, if you ever go to Euro Night, that shit gets raw. I've never been to Euro it, Night at uh, Break a Break. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's go one night. It's tonight. Oh, it's, not tonight. It's, it's, it's. I gotta go to. I'm going to Nashville in the morning. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. Times have changed. You know. I remember when we when when I was playing with Heritage, we used to play at the Shed, and dude, the first show we played there was like eight hundred people there. I got video of it. It's still on Facebook or one of those. Yeah. And I mean, it was it's like MySpace. dude, it was like all yeah, <laughs> MySpace. It was yeah, like eight hundred like Hawaiians. I'm like, yeah. where do these Hawaiians even come from? Like they they just came out of the woodwork because it's that yeah. kind of music, and you got Damien playing like shred yeah. and the ukulele and. And there's, I think now it's, it's there's not as much well, live name, like bands and stuff. Name, we got Continuum. They're kind of like the, the <clears throat> hit around here, <clears throat> you know. Like they but name the venues right in town. That's the issue. Yeah, not yeah. many. Yeah, I feel bad because uh, even the new Funkies, it's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful inside it's there, but spot. it's just, I don't, I don't know that it's doing as well as it should be. The Funkies over here was the best, man. That was the best. Pizza was the best. We talked about that last week too, man. Just said, yeah, everything, everything about that place. It was just, I don't know. But you know what? At the same time, at at least, at least we didn't outgrow it to where we have to drive by it now and be like, those fucking kids ruined Funkies. No, those memories are sealed there and they'll forever be there. Now you can go get car parts. Yeah, (laughs) it's AutoZone, baby. Yeah, but at least we don't have to turn into the old guys that, yeah, just bitch about it, like how great it used to be. Right. We are going to be the old guys if we... <laughs> now, I don't I don't really think... I don't go out and watch too much live. It's a lot of acoustic people now, you know? There's nowhere uh, to go. Where, where's the venue? I, I mean, uh, there's just so many places that have music locally, though. I like mean, where? over in Fort Walton, you have Casey's, no, you have in, Goat, in you have Enlightened. Uh, here in Destin, you have McGuire's, you have AJ's. Uh, Tailfins does music, but I think they just went to a house band, from what I've heard. Uh, Boathouse. So is AJ's. I mean, yeah. the McGuire's sort of, but it's not a uh, World of Beer does a little bit. But, yeah, as far as in in Destin... Nothing. Mm-hmm. Vinyl Music Hall is probably going to be your best bet for, like, you know... For original, yeah, authentic music. Bands, that. Club LA, I was, I'm actually impressed with the inside of it there. I think, uh, yeah. we I think played it's a there. decent venue. New Year's Heritage played there at New Year's, like, I don't know, probably nine years ago. I don't yeah. know if it was that long ago, but... It was fun, but yeah, it just doesn't seem like 
there's not, as many live bands anymore as there used to be around here. You it's know, just not that vibe. You just you don't have that venue on the harbor or close enough to the harbor to where you have that. The, the Pavel House is always packed mm-hmm. now, right? And yeah. now that now that Missy uh, Schofield owns it. Yeah, she's awesome. Man. I she's think they're going to do really too. well there. Yeah, uh, we've started working with them a little bit too. Sending in I've some, been to the Boathouse more in the past bands. month than I have. It's good, right? Ever. It's better. Oh, it's, it's, it's it's not so just old better. old gnarly guys, right? Yeah, yeah. It's Dude, everybody. I've seen Rochambeau like three times this month. What do they play Monday nights? Oh, so, yeah, Monday nights. It's uh, give me my money back. That's what I miss. And it's the it's the exact same playlist. It never yeah, went away. that's what I missed. Like KJ's fucking time capsule. KJ's was dude, fun. KJ's was awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was like the most raggedy freaking building in town. But dude, there was just a good vibe there. You so know? Rochambeau's playing Monday nights at the boathouse. Yeah, service industry night. I'm gonna have to. I have to do that one of these months. You got to, dude. Just uh, take the next day I off. Do, <laughs> I don't do shit. Every anymore. time I go to the boathouse, it's not good. The next day, <clears throat> I'm like, oh, my head hurts. How bad? How bad do hangovers suck now? Dude, I have the alcohol flu every time, dude. Like, I don't, I just, I don't drink anymore that yeah. much. I'll have a beer, you know. Yeah. Every now and then I'll tie one on because, you know, you got to do that every now and then. You can't, can't be a square, but, <laughs> you know. You want one? But, dude, not like I used to. I mean, I used to, phew, oh, yeah. man. You know, well, especially being in a band. Being in a band. every yeah. single night. You're having, like, five to six drinks every yeah, night. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad I was never in a successful band <laughs> because, <laughs> because that was definitely... I don't have a heart attack yeah. by the time I'm freaking 50 from drinking, you know. And, yeah. Uh, but, you know. Yeah, man, it's been it's been good. It's been great. Yeah. That's um I don't know. I don't I I might make it out like once a month, no. Like normally and normally during the summer I don't even cross 98. That's just what I do. I just cross 98 right there. Yeah. I don't even hang out. I go home. And come up, come here to my office. That go home. I'm gonna have like try to hit McGuire's every now and then. But even that place is just chaos. Chaos. This time can't, get a, can't get a spot. I used to when I worked here at the other end, bartending. I used to do the same thing, man. I just walk right across the street. Boom. Yeah. Home. Right home. You know. It's a good little spot right here. But. But yeah, man. Um, it's been good. Yeah. What else is new, man? Man, I'm working on. Uh, well, I've, I just, like I said, I told you, I was, you know, I, recently, I, I actually, I told you, did I tell you about it? I was supposed to be buying a house in North Carolina, and that kind of fell through. I was going to be... Uh, you doing, did say that you were going to get a house, that, yeah, that you were going to get a house yeah, in North Carolina. Yeah, man, it was, all, it was like heartbreaking, because it's like my grandfather's buddy's place, and I was going to yeah. go there and do like a little fly fishing type place where people come stay. It's like an Airbnb. And uh, my offer was a little bit lower. Um, and he, I wanted to, it was the best for him to get as much as he could, as he could. For out of sure. Because he was going to Absolutely. Philadelphia. So I was like, yeah. ah, I just sell it to them, you know, but two chefs bought it and they're going to make, they're going to make a food show out of it now, which is kind of cool. Wow. I have like a, yeah, like an actual food network type show from the house I was going to buy. And they're going to do like cooking, net, cooking shows. Must and be stuff a nice like house. That. It's dude. It's not, I mean, it's nice, but it's, it's more, it's a double wide trailer, right? That's on a solid foundation. So. They put bricks, you know, brick foundation on it. Mm-hmm. It's right on the side of this mountain, like 10 minutes from, like, some of the greatest fly fishing, you know, venues in, in North Carolina. 
But I was working on that for a while. And I got to the point where I was like, ah, if it's not that easy, it's probably not the right thing for me to do. And then, of course, he calls me and says, hey, I got to offer it. You, know. you said it was right outside of Asheville, right? It's, yeah, right outside of Asheville. Um, I heard but, that they have problems with uh, with gnarly, with like polluted rivers in Asheville. In the Swannanoa River, you don't want to eat fish out of Okay, it, but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, like a little bit further out, there's a couple good spots like Pisgah. You have the hatchery over there in Pisgah National mm. Forest, and then you've got, I think, a place called Curtis Creek outside of Black Mountain. I was up there a couple months ago, some good fishing over there, and they're they're clean. Uh, Swannanoa Rivers kind of get a lot of runoff from Asheville, so it's not the best river to eat fish out of, which typically I don't eat a lot of freshwater fish anyway. But, but yeah, man, it's, Asheville's beautiful. You know, and I'm, yeah. man, I wish I would have, you know, at the same time, but I know in the future I'll probably end up looking you know searching for something out there so i can go up there because i like the mountains but you know i like the beach too so i yeah i was trying to do that for best of both worlds and rent it out just to make a little bit of extra income didn't work out it's man all good. i i've talked to my wife about that several times i would love to get a place in between basically between atlanta and Asheville, right where the right where the mountains start in north georgia kind of and um and have that and i would love to live like two months here mm-hmm and then, like when when July and August come, go to the mountains. Yep. And then off. come back down for two months, get all my work taken care of, you know, and then go just every two months, go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. That was my plan. What yeah. I was gonna do was do guide trips down here, have a guy run it down here. My brother was gonna run it for me, and then I was gonna go up there and do some, you know, fly trips and some float trips or whatever, you know, kind of get in that whole scene, end up buying a bunch of websites, about like 30 websites, like anything to do with Asheville fishing I bought, <laughs> which I did with with my kayak fishing Destin too. Like I bought kayak fishing Destin, kayak fishing Panama City. I bought all those websites. Yeah, you can buy a domain for like $5, bucks, you know, right? yeah. and like I get on there now and they're like, oh, this one's worth this. And like people are inquiring about them, but I'm not going to sell them. I'm going to keep them, you know, linked into my website because I want to keep those domains. But now what I'm doing with the new thing is I'm starting to spread out what my my dream is to just guide all over the Florida Panhandle, be able to go back and forth, you know, stay over in Port Jane for a couple of days, guide yeah. there, come back to Destin, you know, kind of keep myself. Do you have a spot out there? Do you stay with a friend? or do uh, they play? I usually stay with a friend, um, but, you know, it just depends. It's a two-hour drive back, so yeah. it depends on, like, how late the trip is, when I'm working. Like I said, Sunday through Tuesday right now is just my guide days. Like, my, I'm focused on my guide days. Um and then the rest of the week, pretty much on the half hitch, like maintaining all the paddle yeah. sports, talking with people, booking trips that through that stuff too, and doing fishing seminar. I mean, dude, I'm, I'm, do you go to? Do you ever go to Apalachicola at all? Uh, not too often. Um, I want to go over there pretty soon though, and, and try to get on some um, triple tail. But they have them over Indian Pass right yeah. there, so I mean, you can just go there. But nah, I like Apalachicola though; it's cool. Yeah, I try to get over there at least once a year. It's old school Florida, man. I love you it. Know? I so, love it. Yeah. That's what I man. That's the thing I miss about Destin, dude. Growing up here, it was old. School. My dad was like ran on the fishing boats growing up. You know, he was one of the, he worked with Dewey Destin Thanks, and all the Destins, and you know, now it's just like overcrowded with every single fisherman that comes in from any state, and they're like, oh, I'm gonna be a fisherman. You know, it's just not like it used to be. I think it's good for the economy, but as far as you know having a lot of people come here and stuff but like i think the guide fishing market over here may be getting a little bit oversaturated with people that are just coming in and which they have every right to do it's it's business but i don't know yeah they say it's the largest commercial fishing fleet in mm-hmm. not commercial uh recreational um in fishing fleet in the world and see what i don't do 
what I don't do that though. Like when I go take people, it's like South Florida. South Florida, you when you go when you book a guide trip, you the guide calls you and you meet him at a boat launch. Well, here you can't do that because City of Destin says, hey, if you meet at a boat launch, you're actually exchanging. You know, you can't have any kind of business related exchanging money in hands at a, a local boat launch, um, even though we pay taxes. But whatever, that's besides the point, you know. But so you can't do that. So typically, what I do is I'll go to I don't oh I don't fish in Destin. Well, you're, you're talking public public launches, right? Like you couldn't do it out of Joe's. Can't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but see, that makes sense. Yeah. If you could. There'd be fifty million of them. Exactly. I agree. But oh know. yeah, and that's a necessity. Down, then you go down yeah. with your boat because you just want right. to go pop around the crab island or something and you're like fuck yeah you gotta wait for everybody to go. Yeah, you got people yeah it'd be that's a busy enough it'd be a, that's it, a busy enough launch anyway yeah. it'd be a parking nightmare if they had they allowed it so i could totally i understand but i don't fish in destin much anyway when i'm doing i usually go outside of destin east or west i don't yeah. fish in too many too much boat traffic for kayaks if i'm mm-hmm. taking my boat i'll get i'll launch you know somewhere and and meet the customer in a spot or whatever but typically i fish on the east side of Destin towards Santa Rosa Beach and out towards Navarre area. I don't really, and you know, that's like I said, going back to the South Florida thing, a lot of the guys in the South Florida, man, they're like, they meet you at the spot. It's like a real guide trip. Cause you're like, you get on the boat and you're guiding with a lot of these guys. They just go to Destin bridge and drop down bait. Like for me, I don't feel like that's guiding. I feel like that's just like, let's just go get a bunch of meat. Like I'm, that's not the type of fisherman yeah. I am. I like the whole, like the experience. Hey, we're going to be here. We're going to go like this long run, you know, and, whatever and and get on some you know different areas and see some pretty scenery i don't want to see a bridge when i fish i mean i will if i want to get some black snap or something like that but most of the time i'm outside kind of cruising around the outskirts of you know the bay and stuff like that to me that's fishing you know so where do you launch i mean forgive me if you guys just talk about that no 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 um we man there's so many i got like tons of spots i mean you got kayaks like so somebody calls you say i want to take a you know a trip out where Mm -hmm. like you just meet them at... It depends on the weather, mm-hmm. tides, all that stuff. Because if the wind's blowing out of the east, you can't go here. Like, it's really just depends. So, you know, I usually kind of... And I can't give them... That's the difference between, like, a boat and a kayak. Boat, you can just launch anywhere and get anywhere because it, you're on a boat. Exactly. But on a kayak, you have to kind of play your cards right. Or you're not... You're going to be stuck out there in a bunch of wind, and they're going to be pissed off because they're trying to huff and puff freaking you're not through launching wind. out of like the harbor and having to like go through the harbor oh no no, like, no no you're not doing anything like no that. we launched like pretty much most of my spots when we launched were pretty close to the spot like within a mile or something like that so it's pretty easy but like i said it's focused like Jerry's are all your kayaks paddled now all pedal yeah yeah i have i have some paddle kayaks that are really nice um that i use for fly fishermen because the pedal gets in the way when you're stripping your line so most of those guys prefer to use paddle kayaks so you don't have a bunch of junk in front of you when you're trying to strip your line. So, But we've got a little – I'm actually working on a little something that kind of takes care of that right now. Um, hopefully that will be something for the future. Like a, like an invention? Kind of like an invention. We had a couple – I had a, my, one of my really good buddies, Ashley Phillips. We've been talking about some things with kayaks and to make some cool – like I, we've had some cool ideas about it, but it's just a matter of having the time to really sit down and – bullshit and get it all right but mm-hmm. yeah but i mean <clears throat> i've got a i've got one kayak that's got a motor on it uh, it's a little min code it's built into the boat so if you have like disabled veterans or people that don't have much energy that want to get out just get out on the water and like you know i have something for them i only specifically do that for them i don't just rent that boat mm-hmm. for anybody they control um, with a remote <laughs> no they, they turn with their feet and then yeah. it's just a 
it's real simple, like a little knob you turn. I mean, it's awesome. I use it all the time. It makes me lazy as hell, though, because, like, yeah, you know, I've got... Well, you, if, if you have four like, customers, oh. you kind of need it, probably. Yeah, well, what I want to eventually do is get into having, like, four of those and just charge a little bit extra, um, you know... Because then people, you can also get to places a lot. Because then, because a lot of people are like, well, you know, um, if it ain't got a motor, I ain't gonna be, you know, you got a big old redneck dude. Well, I ain't gonna freaking pedal that that's thing. That's why I was asking, like, where you're launching out. Because I mean, yeah. there's no way, like, I mean, shit, I wouldn't. I don't think I would do it. I want to launch out of the harbor and try to get into flats into the bay from no. there and all that. Mm-hmm. Like, that would just be a. Bitch. No, I launch spots pretty close. I, mean, I don't want to give away my spots, but they're not like secret or anything. But I try to keep the yeah, keep it to a. DL level, you know what I mean? Because I don't want everybody and their mother coming out there. I mean, these spots oh, aren't like secret, yeah. but I mean, there's spots where I there's some. Sp- the cool thing about kayak fishing is I can pull off on the side road and throw a kayak in the water, you know? Yeah. And I can get close to spots that I want to fish, so works out pretty good. Whereas you have the you have a boat, you kind of limited to where you can go. You only have so many launches, you know. So how many would you take out like max at a time? By myself, three. If I take out. Uh, more than three, I usually hire my other guide, and we'll we'll take, you know, two guides, and I'll take up to like five people at max. I don't really like taking more than that. Cause it's kind of pointless. Yeah, you got everybody on a kayak, and you're trying to fish this one area, and you're trying to take care of them. You have to all kind of stay focused in the same area, so you don't want to spook the fish, you know. Yeah, I remember that the serious trip that I that I guided for you. There were six of them and three of us. There were three guides and six of them. And I just remember taking them else, taking two of the guys elsewhere. I was like, yo, let's go somewhere else because there's six of you. There's three, but there's nine kayaks in this spot. We got to, let's move. So come, come over here with me. We caught some fish. You remember that night that we uh, sit back on old grandpa's cough medicine? (laughs) Yeah. And I fell out of the kayak. Oh, (laughs) man. What? It was in like a foot of water, though. It was right outside of Valencia. Valencia. (laughs) <laughs> and we were pulling in, and we had a half gallon of, like... Whiskey. Yeah, like Jim Beam. And before I knew it, I think there was, like, four of us. You weren't there? You weren't with us? Mm. Oh, it was since a- you like Chad Hall so much, I got a story about him. <laughs> okay. One Let's night, we're freaking fishing in front of Valencia. Dude, this guy's hammered. We got customer. I think it was, like, me, him, and, like, a customer or something like that. And dude, he's just putting him back, putting him back. I look over after about 30 minutes. I'm like, where the hell's Chad? I'm looking all around. He's laid back, like laid all the way back in his seat, head on the back of the kayak, passed out on his kayak. And the boat's like going, like rocking like that. I'm like, Chad. Yeah. All right. So anyway, he's, he's laid back. Passed out, snoring, yeah. dude. <laughs> on the kayak. I don't know how he made it like so what do you do? You just, what? I went over there and freaking belly slapped him. I was like, <laughs> "Get up!" I think that was one of the last trips he went on with me. Yeah, yeah, especially like if you had a customer and that happened. See, when we went, that was just a fun trip. Though I forget who it oh, was, me, was you, great. Luke, and one other person. And we, dude, we had so much fun. We were just, we were catching fish. Oh yeah, and we were definitely drinking. We were heavily drinking <laughs> at Valencia. Well, that's where we were fishing. Yeah, yeah you gotta be careful over there, man. They're they're not. They don't. Play no, around. they don't play yeah, around. They don't I've snuck out on that dock so many times. Oh my! I've been busted on that dock so many times, man. And I'm like, hey, you live here? Yeah, four oh five. Not really. Yeah, yeah. They know you don't. No. Um, when I used to throw my paddleboard when we lived on Indian Trail, 
I'd throw my paddleboard in the water, but I'd have to walk next door to those apartments. Wait, what was that place called? To walk out. I don't know. I forget. It's right when you turn right on Indian Trail. There's those. It's like a big apartment complex. Or uh, it almost looks like an old folks home or something. But It is. <laughs> I, would, I would walk around there and with my paddleboard, and people would be like, you can't do that. And I'd say, hey, I live right there. Like, over that tree line, I live right there. I just, I, this is easier for me to, to launch my stuff. And they'd be like, all right, we're going to call the cops. And I'd say, okay, well, tell them I'm out there. You know, <laughs> like, it's just, I'm not going to stop. Like, people get crazy. That place is just ruthless, man. They don't, they will, no. Yo, did you see There's that like shit? an eye in the sky there all the time. Did you man. see that shit with Peter time. Boss? Oh, the, the, the Jeeps? Jeeps on, on the, the beach? beach? Yeah. Why, because it's his property, so he can do Yeah, that. yeah, I have mixed feelings on it. Oh yeah, yeah, Dude. yeah. It's I, if it's your beach, I think you should be able to do whatever the fuck you yeah. want with it. However, it's that's it. Yeah. However, that that beach is being rebuilt by the city, right? Is it? So you, we're paying taxes, right? Is it? I can't find that information. What the Noriega Point re- restoration project? Yeah. yeah, that's not privatized, right? I I, I assume not. I like that. That's this is the whole bullshit about it, because yeah. And then he's, I mean, he, you also got to think where he's coming from. I also called that motherfucker out, by the way. You see that? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Fuck Peter. <Bob. laughs> uh, so wherever he's launching out of that, whatever that gated community is, it's him and his friends. He still has to be driving on the beach regardless. Yeah, to get there to get to in the, the first spot, place. Yeah. yeah. And as far as I've known, since I've grown up here, Noriega was public, public land. Yeah, did, So did they find out why he did that? Was he like having a beach day with a family? Probably. Or just probably like, hey, let's get on Jeeps and go to the beach. That asshole yeah. said he's, he's, he's like, oh, that's not the first time. That's like the 50th time. He doesn't give a shit. It's yeah. his thing. Yeah. And that's it thing. It's, it's, it's nesting season. And, yeah. And yeah. apparently Peter Boss has a uh, marine biology degree because he says uh, turtles don't nest right there. Uh, whatever. <clears throat> it doesn't matter. You don't. You just don't do that shit. Uh, even if I had, I mean, I just wouldn't do it just to rub it in people. Like, I like mean, when, <laughs> yeah, I might be able to do it, but dude, just walk down the beach, man. You got, you could buy a freaking beach cart and yeah. put all your shit in it and walk down there, but you're going to drive on the beach. Like, to me, it's not even about like whether you can or can't do it. It's the fa- simple fact of, I don't know. To me, it's like courtesy. Like, well, it's just, it well, it's, it's like when mean? Chris Christie's fat fucking family, um, shut down the beaches who chris christie look, hey look that up real uh, quick he was the governor of, <clears throat> yeah he ran uh, he ran for president he was part he was one of like the 11 people on the republican party when uh this last election and apparently he closed down a beach and it was just but still took his family out to the beach and, and they got pictures like on of the it. car it's just it's just his fat ass with a shirt on In on the, the beach no just laying out on the fucking beach the thing is oh. the beach was closed to the public but Chris Christie's just sitting out there on, uh, um, on the beach. If you man, can you if you can get like find okay, the story fine. on that. Yeah. And they get they just got this gnarly picture of him just like laid out like a fucking whale, <laughs> just on the beach, just just done, just not giving a shit, man. Um, yeah, I can't find a good. Uh, yeah, there's <laughs> one. There's one. Yeah, family soaks up sun on uh, New York or uh, not New York, no, New Jersey, Jersey, right? Yeah. Close the public. Yeah, he because he was the governor of New Jersey. So he closed the New Jersey beach to the fucking public, and then they caught him. 
that caught him out there and fucking laid out with his fat fucking family. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Jeez. But it's the same thing, man. Like, look. You it's courtesy, dude. Uh, that you just don't do it. But it's, you, the it's, law still applies to no you. I don't one, like it, man. No one yeah. would have given a shit if he took out, like, a four-by-four four golf cart. You know what I mean? Like a, 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 what the fuck, a gator. You know yeah. what I mean? Load up your shit. Go down there. Who gives a shit? But you're throwing huge jeeps and bullshit and just raging down there and it's yours and fuck everybody else. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, I know. That's, that's just a courtesy thing. It's just that when you got that much money, man, nothing, nothing else matters except for... What you want, when you want. Yeah. And I yep. mean, that's just... I don't agree with it, dude. I never have with that kind of situation. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah, well, I have issues with boss for different reasons anyway. Yeah, but, I mean, everybody right. does. Dude, the whole destiny, you know, like half... 75% of Destin, you know, is pissed off at him. And then yeah. you got the 25% that, you know, it's, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, people could say, people say he's done a lot of good. People say he's done a lot of bad. To me, I just, when you get to that point, you can't do anything about it. You can raise hell and bitch and moan about it. But mm-hmm. problem is, is no one's going to do anything about it because it's Peter Boss. And he has, you know, all this stuff going on, you know, Emerald Grand and, bringing in all this business and I don't know I like I said I just kind of laugh laugh at it like man whatever you know damned if you do damned if you don't whatever how, how much longer do you think the Emerald Grand lasts do you think like, like how big of a storm he do you think own, it's gonna he take he doesn't own that shit anymore uh, from yeah. what I understand it's all Wyndham okay um so he just has these these properties but like you know he's not that's like, why I, I didn't know that I didn't realize why so many I so many people I know, and I saw a bunch of job openings for Wyndham. I didn't realize that that was all yeah, on the ground. I thought it was just Wyndham. like that little Wyndham right behind. Nope. And I was like, how are they employing all these people? I didn't realize they, they own nope. uh, Emerald Grand. All that shit. <clears throat> it's crazy what Destin's become, you know. I mean, I think it's, I like the fact that we get business from, you know, people from out of state. It's yeah. great. It's, it turns our economy, but at the same time, man, I miss that. I miss, I miss, dude, Kelly Street was a dirt road when I grew up, you know. Now it's like, a corner where everybody like goes like fifty five. Yeah, man, like, you got this bad off, where you. Know? And I'll get out there. I'm like the freaking Yo, crazy dude. Whatever like, happened with that kid? Slow down, you know. Whatever happened with that kid that ran his car like in my grandparents' yard? Yeah, I guess they've been out for him for a while. I don't yeah, the dude's didn't name. that kid work with you at? Uh, yeah, he did. He worked with you, Shane, at Mimos. And I was like, that's a bad guy. <laughs> like I remember saying, he's. I a guess bad they were guy. out to get him, and. Uh, <clears throat> They finally, he finally got in trouble for doing something pretty bad. But like I said, I don't know. Didn't he yeah, do some he tried other really bad it. shit? Didn't wasn't he like fucking a thirteen year old or something? Yeah, okay, I'm not talking about that shit. Wasn't that? <laughs> he said, I'm "We didn't say that. any names." I know. Okay, apparently, we'll talk about uh, it later. We can talk about it off the podcast. That's fine. Yeah, but uh, he denied. I'm not drunk. I'm like, dude, you're hammered. I wasn't even gonna get call. I wasn't gonna call the cops on the kid. I was gonna say, hey, man, you know. But dude, he, he was just being kind of a dick. And I'm like, dude, you in the mulligan here man and finally i'm like you know what dude screw it man you're being an idiot you just ran into my grandparents yard you know which is right next door to my house dude messed up his whole yard like broke his fence drove i mean dude i'm telling you it was like three o'clock in the morning bro i hear bam he hit the freaking um he hit the fire uh Hydrant? hydrant ran through that hit and then jumped in my grandparents' yard, hit through their fence, and then ended up in the center of your yard. I'm not drunk. I was like, dude, you're hammered, man. But he was just being, he was smarting them off to my grandparents, yeah. and I was like, that's enough, dude. I was like, you know, 
you had it you had it you could have just walked away and but yeah so that was actually that happened that's happened before that's not the only time there was another time well when i was growing up my grandparents that um they've had people run into their house several times they're right corner. on that curb yeah right? that corner yeah, is i'm super on the curb but they don't they always miss my dangerous, house man. they miss my house and they hit my grandparents house every single time they never hit my house that's why I always park my cars and stuff, <laughs> my Jeep and my truck right in front of my house because, dude, I don't know, wake up in a car be in my living room or something. But there was one time where there was a car coming around. The, I, I saw an accident happen. It was like four kids. They were all drinking. They came around that corner and freaking ran into the yard across the street from my grandparents' house, hit a tree. I was walking. I was outside like walking my dog or something. It was like probably six years ago. Dude, I walked up to that car and all those kids were just like mangled and like I was like, hey, man, you guys Jesus. all right? Dude, it was pretty bad, man. So I called 911, and I'm, like, trying to help them, like, as much as I could. You know, I was, like, helpless. It's, like, kind of a freaky. It was, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, quiet as. Yeah. And they're just, like, one guy's, like, the driver actually got thrown out the passenger side. Jesus. That corner is no joke, man. And oh, I yeah. tell people all the time, the city of Destin, you know, I don't know. They tried fixing it, but they need to have some kind of. I mean, I wouldn't say put speed bumps there because somebody's gonna haul ass around there and hit it. Well, and then gonna... doesn't that corner, doesn't that curve now have like a like a mini median in it? Mm-hmm. Like holy shit! I see cars shit. sober hitting those things all oh, the time. Oh, I almost you know? did. I was I was driving a, a coworker home, and he lives right off of that that uh, that right right there. Mm-hmm. And I'm coming back around because I didn't see it the first time, and I just kind of you know cut that right a little too too sharp. Ran up on this fucking median. Didn't know what I hit. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you're you're hauling ass on that thing, like, 40 miles. I'd say that's probably one of the most dangerous corner or curves in Destin. You know? It's crazy. But For sure. I used to, I had to switch the way I walk my dog because I used to take her uh, further down and I would come around that corner right out, right out front of your house. After a couple times, I was like, nah, I'm not walking there ever again. It's crazy. So, <laughs> that's weird, dude. <laughs> Yeah. It's just it's just weird that that's that's the spot. Everybody drives. I mean, that's what the cut through to get. So you don't have to go on ninety eight. You just take a right, take a left, get on Cyber, drive down, take a right on Kelly, and you can yeah. go all the way to yeah. Walmart that way. Yeah. Almost yeah. the Commons, you know. It's great for me, but it's a little dangerous. But dude, know. people haul ass down Cyber too. Because I walk, I, I walk my dog down Cyber at, and I and I feel like that old guy now. But like, because my wife walks with me now too uh, in the mornings. And I'll scream at people because they'll they'll fly by me at like fifty five miles an hour on that road, and it's a thirty mile per hour zone. And like you just, whoo. dude, it pisses me off. Dude, I scream at him. I'm like, you motherfuckers! Well, my like... grandfather lives next door, you know, and he's walking his dog, dude. Yeah, like, I, I don't want to see him get hit, so I'm like <clears throat> yelling. I'll be like, slow down, you know, like just cussing him and stuff, you know. But I don't know. And then. I, the, the guy up like two doors down from me, like before the corner, he does it too, man. So we're like a team. Someone you know? put out a sign right there. I yeah, think there's a yeah. sign right there that just slow says down. slow down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Idiots. Old men talking about traffic. Traffic. <laughs> I hate traffic. Dude, I just, man, yeah, driving back from Panama City one, twice a week. <laughs> Dude, I said it before I said it, idiot. <laughs> Is there anything cooler we can talk about? Yeah, traffic? yeah. This is great. This is great footage. What's up with this the rage hard? You still have those t-shirts? I need to get one. I mean, I've got some. I'll get you one. I have one, but it's yeah, got paint on it. You know, I don't. I don't want to make a. I don't. I don't want to make a promise or anything, but I'd expect to see something from Ray Charles within the next year. 
Cool. Yeah, I just need to find a different way to utilize it. I think there's definitely there's definitely brand value there just from the fucking logo. It's hilarious. It's, cool. it's stupid. It's you know, um, it, when I started it though, that was prior to me working with you or really understanding anything about the music business. All I knew was we had this pretty cool looking logo and this kind of weird little name and it kind of fit with this kind of scene that we were in. And I really, I do, I just started writing a little bit. I, I, you know, just started doing other things. I was just graduating college. So I started a business and really had no plan. I had no idea for it. I was like, I'm just going to make a bunch of fucking shirts. And I mean, shit, we sold it's a lot, hundreds and hundreds of shirts. I, I think I did three or four different orders and I'd ordered, 250 300 shirts at a time sold a lot of shirts man but at the at the end of the day there was nothing there was just enough money to buy new shirts yeah really <laughs> i was like I, th- I think i was getting shirts for you know seven or eight dollars a piece and i think i was selling them for like twelve dollars <laughs> so, <laughs> so bro like, i know so, so, so i just so, ordered so i'm making like three dollars a shirt i just ordered uh, <laughs> if i sell a hundred i can afford to go to this festival in jacksonville like, I just ordered hats for my kayak fishing business, you know. And mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want like some like shitty ass hat, you know. So I like went out and yeah. scoped, scoped the hats. And Matt Moore told me, "Hey man, you got to get these." And so I ended up getting some hats that he recommended, and they're actually pretty nice. But you know, dude, I don't make any money off. I mean, mm-hmm. I could. I'd have to be a true stiffler to make any money off of them because by the time I buy the hats, get get them stitched. You know, it's twelve dollars a hat. Yeah, I'm selling for twenty five, but most of the time I'm giving them away to my buddies because yeah. it's it's about marketing. You know, did you oh, bring any? You got any? No, but I will bring you guys some. Right. They're pretty cool. I got like a six panel hat, and I've got like this just basic, pretty cool like flat bill type hat. Um, yeah, which and, Matt likes the flat bills. That's yeah. so that's what he turned me on to. And I was like, oh, those are cool. I'm not a big flat bill hat guy. I like the, you know, basic ball cap, but I mean, a lot of people like those things, you know, and I'm, I'm, they buy them, I mean, but most of the time I'm giving away to people because I want to promote my business. It's well, yeah, and it's tough too, especially um, in the, uh, the, the, the scene that we were trying to break the Ray Charles brand into was, it was a lot, it was probably 50% hippie and like 50% like EDM kids and shit. So, I think that's why I came up with the twelve dollar price on it because you don't want to shice these kids. Like you want them to, oh, yeah. you want them to dig what you're doing. You mm-hmm. like, you know. And if I was like twenty dollars, they're gonna be like, "Oh, you fucking Scrooge or whatever." Like, I it, the the goal was never to make money off of it. The goal was really just to have a good time. Honestly, I think the reason I did it was because I wanted a way to get into music festivals for free. That was really it. Um, basically, I've got this brand. I'll write. I'll do a write up on your festival. And you let me in there, give me press passes. We'll go there. We'll have a really good time. And uh, which that that's not how business works. You never start. If you ever start a business with no end goal of making money, then don't start your don't business. Start. <laughs> Just stop. Because <laughs> keep it a hot, keep it a hobby. For that's, sure. I think that's where we were. For sure. The hobby, that, that's the thing with me, man, is like going into it, I was like, man, it's kind of funny because I wasn't, when I went to the kayak fishing business, I was like, this is cool. I'm going to do it because it's cool. I'm going to make a little bit of supplemental income. Mm. It's going to be cool. It's going to stay cool. But is it going to make me a lot of money? When I started digging in and really seeing the numbers, because I wasn't always like a financially like numbers guy. I was more like 
let's just do something you love and then it'll all work out. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, yeah. financially, is this really going to be sustain, you know, my lifestyle or whatever? And yes, after a while I said, man, I got to, and I've never been like a really like a pinch a penny type guy either. I've always bought like the best shit, you know, and like try to do what I can mm. to get the best stuff. And then, you know, I started owning my business, owning my own business. I was like, ah, okay. Financial has a lot to do with it. You know, like it's huge. You have to put money back. You have to save money. You got to be a little more frugal, which I don't like to do, but I do it now. Like I wasn't before I was like, ah, whatever. But now if you don't do that, you'll fail. Yeah. You have to keep, you got to keep on top of it, you know, and that's part. A lot of people say they can start a business. I'm like, yeah, you can do that, but you better be a business person too. It's not, you, there's a difference between like an entrepreneur and like somebody who just wants to start a business. Mm-hmm. And I think the entrepreneur is the person who knows everything about the business, where, whereas the people that want to start a business, they just think they can do something because they, they're good at it. Yeah. And that's not the truth. That's not the truth at all. I think you have to be all of it to make it happen. And, Absolutely. You know, and a lot of times. That, that's most evident in the restaurant people industry. Fail. They're like, they're yeah. great fishermen or they're great this, they're great that, but they don't have this element and they have to have it all. That's what entrepreneur, it's like you, mm. you're an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. All, you know, all of us, Shane, he's a bartender, but he's on, you know, you have that mentality. Mm. But the thing is, is like a lot of people like don't start a business until you know exactly financially. Yeah, you have a plan. You have to have a plan. You have to have a plan. You know, you have <laughs> to have a plan. It doesn't have to be like, you know, like professionally or written out all this stuff, but you have to know financially how it's going to all work. Yeah. But I got in that situation, man, even with the booking or, you know, with the, the fishing. I was so all about fishing, but I was not as much of a business person, even though yeah. like, mentally I know I'm entrepreneur and i want to do stuff for myself but getting into the finances was a whole other ball game and now that i finally got it locked in now i understand like you know what it takes to really have a successful business and still have fun doing it and man that's, the, that's the, the craziest success story i can think of is that stupid fucking 30a logo man oh my god it's worth millions they've made beer and millions out of it. and millions yet there is a beer there's a coffee there's bikes there's t-shirts yes everything and there's knockoffs there's even knockoffs they have official 30a brand 30a radio is at sweetwater 420 fest yeah Mm -hmm. like being on tour with the imogene kids like i see that shit time to get up bro you got you got places to go (laughs) i'm good um but i I see I'll, i'll see that sticker all over these venues we play all throughout the southeast yeah i've seen them it's dark out as a sticker it's turning out as a sticker, dude. I was in Colorado for Christmas last year. We met my family, and yeah. that's another story in itself because I had to drive through snow in a freaking smart car, pretty much. But <laughs> I'm in Colorado, and I go into this uh, one of those weed shops, you know. And I've never been in one. I was like, I'm going to Colorado. I'm going to check this out. So I go in. I'm like looking around, and it was kind of cool. Like the whole situation there it was really cool because it's like going into a doctor's office. They know everything about weed, everything you could possibly think of. They know. And it's like serious, it's professional, you know. I was like, wow, this is not what I expected it to be. So I'm there talking to this chick, and I look over, freaking 38 sticker on there. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, hey, I'm from there. Where'd you get that sticker? She's like, oh, we go there all the time for vacation, blah, blah. I was like, so heady. Yeah, but the thing is, that's how it started. It it's started so out, that turned into a multi million dollar brand from a sticker. Mm-hmm. Just somebody got a bunch of stickers printed and just gave them out. That's it. I wish Ray Charles could have started that way. We should make Ray Charles coffee. 
That, it can make Ray Charles coffee. Uh, coffee, hot sauce. Yeah. Uh, yep. Fucking anything. Anything you can yeah. slap a label on. We have our own beer. Yeah. Own fucking anything. Energy what I want to do is find a business where it's mailbox money and there's no overhead and I just get checks. <laughs> Dude, passive income. So Isn't that what everyone where, wants? Where, where do we do that? Like, how do we start this? You know? And I think... The, the, that's a brand. That's how you do that. Me, man, is my brain yeah. is constantly like... Because I, I know I'm an entrepreneur. Like, I thought I was like... I thought I was an entrepreneur, entrepreneur before and then I second guess myself. I was like, am I? But yeah, I am because every day, man, I wake up I'm like, all right, what can I do to make, you know, to make more money or do something I love but still make, you know, because my, yeah. my goal is to have multiple supplemental income businesses that are making me good money. That way, if one fails, you got... Well, that that's the goal. Any, any of these books you read, like The 4-Hour Workweek or uh, or Rich Dad, Poor Dad, any of these entrepreneurial, uh, basically, books, they, they talk about that's the end goal. If you can have four or five pass, like passive income where you don't have to do any work for it, you just have money coming in. That's the goal. If you have four or five of those, I mean, unfortunately, don't that be wonderful? Unfortunately, as much as we like to believe that, you know, if you're like have a, have a business like that, like you have to do some work. Like it's not just yeah. gonna come to you for free unless you win the lottery. But hard work comes before luck. Yeah. Everybody thinks you just get lucky and you're gonna be this millionaire. Like, yeah, there is luck, but hard work comes before luck. Yeah. You know? What's uh? So what are you? Are you destined bound the rest of your days, do you think? you think this is home forever for you? Man, I want to travel and guide fish all over the world, you know. I'm, but I'm still on the stepping stone process. I'm trying to build mm-hmm. this, the kayak fishing thing. I, like I said, I told you I bought a lot of websites and, like, not just here, but, like, all over domains. Um, and I'm trying to spread it out and do different things in different areas. Um, but I'm trying to figure that, all that out. Like, I, I want to – yeah, I love Destin because – it's my home, and mm-hmm. I love the water. I love the fishing, but no, not always. Like I, I want to travel and, and be a guide and do some videos. I've been working on some stuff with a buddy of mine about you know doing some kayak fishing videos and stuff like that. Um, don't have really the camera equipment for it right now. I need to get like a um, DSLR camera. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I don't know the yeah. terminology or logo lingo for all that. I know I talked to Destin Patera a couple of times mm-hmm. about. You know, he helped me a little little bit with the drone and stuff like that, um, trying to get some shots. But, yeah, I want to travel and do video. But, you know, it's just a matter of how to execute it. No, it's a way sure. to make money, you know right. what I mean? I mean, everyone wants to do that. I want to I travel and drink with yeah. the camera crew. I mean, that'd be yeah. cool, yeah. too, you know. But. <laughs> everyone wants to travel. But, you everyone, know, everyone wants to be a little born day in action, I haven't figured it out yet, man. Like, yeah. I'm still thinking. I, I have a good thing going here. I love what I do. But I want to be able to, I don't want to spread myself thin. think that's just what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Because when I get 80, I'm not going to be on a kayak fishing. I'll probably be on a boat, you know, kick back, freaking chilling. But, but yeah, man. I mean, I got a lot of, th- man, I could sit here and talk all day about my, that'd be cool too. But I have a lot of things in my head, man, like just about what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you know how it is. Because I just constantly think about, all right, I could be doing this. I'm doing this. It's like, but I just dream about stuff and I write it down. Yeah. And then I say, all right, one day I'm gonna do this. And then, I'll, dude, I dreamed about so many things and it's happened. But I live in the dream, baby. You know. Man, did you it's know? Awesome. Did you know that up until like 1995, it was under the assumption that we were the only planets in the universe. Mm-hmm. They didn't realize that. I didn't realize that was such a new thing until recently. They that the human race thought that that our that our star 
was spectacular because it was the only one with planets until they realized that every star had planets. No, that's yeah, not true. That's, look it up. Fucking look it up. You have Google right no, there. Uh, no, but what you're, you're, what you're trying to say is Google. that there wasn't, there wasn't evidence the, yeah. yet. Information highway. Not, not that people thought that we were the... The only planet. No, it that, no it, uh, amongst the scientific community, where it was a, a thing. Look it up. Yeah, where did yeah. you read that? I, I, I don't remember where I read it, but it was a it was a recent thing. Um, I I, I just I think you mean that <clears throat> we it, hadn't we hadn't actually <clears throat> found an and and now, and now they realize that there's billions and billions and billions of, of other planets. But I'm saying are, I think you, you I think. I think you're right, but what I mean is, I think they they just didn't have evidence of an exoplanet until 1995. No, there there wasn't evidence, but it was also it was it was a. As far as I understand, it was a conceived notion that that we that our solar system might be singular, that it was a thing. Mm. Up until a little over 20 years. ago. I don't believe that. I think there's multiple, you know. Well, it's proven. Well, there's nothing. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I, 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 I don't feel that people in the in the like astrophysics community would be like, no, 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 no. We know that we're the only ones here. <clears throat> I just don't think they would have the. I'm sure each individual is probably different as well. I'm just talking about it like an, like an overall opinion. I don't even know how I would find that article. So. Yeah. What. <clears throat> um. Obviously, we don't talk about politics and we don't talk about religion, but... We can talk about for aliens. Me, for me, um, you know, it's crazy because I don't... People are always like, oh, you got this opinion about that. I think everybody's got their own opinion about everything. Dude, I don't care what, what you think about, like, how you want to live your life. And a lot of... I don't know, I've been... I had a guy, like, email me the other day and he's like, oh, man, what you... Blah, blah. I was like, man... Look, I don't get into that because I think it's, you know, trying to tell me this and tell me that. I support whatever, you know, you how you feel about things. That's fine. That's you. That's me. Like, I think a lot of people get, like, so misconstrued on, oh, you, this is the way it should be. Dude, everybody has their own opinion. Everybody mm-hmm. has puts their faith or whatever you want to call it in their own head, and that's what they believe. And I'm, I respect all that when it comes to sexuality, all that stuff. Yeah, I'm a, personally, I'm a Christian. Like, I believe in God or whatever, you know, and I, that's what I believe. But I don't ever, I'm not against what other people, that's yeah. their thing, you know what I mean? Like, I don't argue it. I never will because it's not going to get anywhere. It's just the way it is. Like, that's how I am. I don't, I don't, I don't have anything against, if you want to be, do what you want to do. If you want to be gay, you want to, you know, you want to do this, do that. I don't freaking discriminate. But I think a lot of people in this they get so like but butthurt about like well he's this who cares dude it's not your life man live your life love them just like you know love them just like they love you and let them do their thing that's their own thing and that's one thing I wanted to bring up here because I feel like sometimes you know I'll like post stuff like maybe it's a scripture or something like that but I'll post something and somebody will come back with it I'm like that's fine you believe that? Like, we can't change how we feel about it. It's just what we feel, how what we believe is okay. Mm-hmm. I don't ever discriminate on people. There was a time when I did it. You know, I got I got kind of Bible banger-ish back like three or four years ago. Now, dude, I've seen the light, you know, when it comes to that kind of stuff. I don't get into that because you are your own person. You're going to believe what you're going to believe. I love you for who you are. It doesn't matter what you do. We're still going to get along. I'm still going to love you. 
doesn't matter. I don't judge, you know, like, and I, I, I've never been like a judgmental person anyway, but, but I think the more, the older I get, I'm like, dude, I'm too old to, everybody has their own opinion, dude. Like we can still get along. It doesn't matter if you believe. Well, especially there are some, media. some, but, but it's, it's funny how hypocritical a lot of people are and it pisses me off because it gives, you know, certain groups a bad name or whatever. And there, there are hypocrites. Dude, there's totally, I mean, even Christian, non-Christian, everybody's a hypocrite in some level or not. But for me, I just, I can't, dude. I, I It takes all the energy out of me to even argue with somebody about it. Usually I'm just like, man, let's go fishing or something. You know, like, let's just talk about, like, something else, you know? What? Like, I don't, what? Even with, the, like, the whole, like, politics and stuff, I don't get into what, that. What sort of implications would uh, <clears throat> you you being a, a, a believer or a Christian, as you just said, what... What sort of implications do you think discovering life on other planets would have on that? <clears throat> because I, I, think I feel like that'd be a really, really, really huge thing to leave out. Personally, uh, God personally, created. I think God created a lot of. I mean, it says, but the Bible says God created heaven and earth, but it also, but it doesn't talk about anything else. Yeah. So, do you think there'd be significant implications there if life's discovered elsewhere? I don't think it'd be Have you thought about that? I think that? God's bigger than what people think, think he is. I think <clears throat> Have you God thought that, though? What's that? Have you thought about that, though? Not really. And, and, and why wouldn't that be... Uh, that's a pretty important question. Why wouldn't that be something that was discussed in in, in God's Word and the Scripture? Right. I think, that's, I think that's way too big of a thing for all-perfect God to leave out, assuming there is life on other planets. Yeah, and I think... I, I, I'm not opposed to thinking that that's not the truth. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I think when it comes down to I think God's... To me personally, if I think of God, I think it's way bigger than just like Earth. Like it's not just you know it's there's. I mean, how many? It never ends. If you think about it, it's kind of crazy. Like I've thought about us laying in bed. What the concept of eternity? Never ends. And universe on and on and on. There could and be like million, you know what I mean. It's crazy. It's almost like when you uh, die, we, you're gonna like be dead forever. I, never, but I, but I get I get that question because what you're, you're I think you're trying to get is. <clears throat> Even with the 1995 thing, when you just keep going further and further back, you know, our, our, our world expands further than where we were. Our solar system expands further than where we were. Our universe expands further than where we were, what we know. Mm-hmm. And so then does your interpretation of scripture evolve with, with our understanding or is it solid? Heaven and earth, this is what it is. Well, it's obviously it's obviously not because uh, rules are are some rules are permissible and some are not uh, based in scripture. You know, for example, like that's your, a good question. Your shirt's I mean, probably your shirt's probably like seventy percent cotton, thirty percent polyester, according to the Bible. That's and you're wearing mixed fibers. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. So so then what what becomes permissible and and what becomes spiritual law? That and I think that's that's what we're dealing with in our current social political climate as well is people are more so than I've ever seen in my life. And I was raised in a, in a very Christian home. Mm-hmm. I went to went to church every Sunday, every Wednesday I played in, uh, I was in the church choir. I, I was in very, very, very involved in the youth group. I was in a Christian punk rock band, you know, like very familiar with, <clears throat> with that area. But how do you, how can you pick and choose <clears throat> what, uh, what laws to live by? And what's okay for you and your and I guess maybe I just answered my own question. You have to determine what's okay with you, and how you want to live your life, and and maybe what you decide from there. But my biggest issue with with all of that was, for me, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like an all or nothing kind of guy. 
you know, <laughs> like yeah. if this is if this is how it is, then I need to follow this to a T. If this is the book I believe, if I believe, if I believe that this book that I'm basing my entire life on is the undisputed word of God or Creator or whatever you'd like to call it, then I need to follow it 100 mm-hmm. percent as the best that I can. I can't pick and choose which parts to to follow and 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 not to or. Or or interpret it with our times, and I think that's what Shane was getting at too, is you you can interpret certain parts of it to mean certain things to you at certain times when it's convenient to you, mm-hmm. and I don't think that's a I don't think that's a convenient way to believe, mm-hmm. you know. And and also uh, going back to what you said, I think God's bigger than all of this too. I'll guarantee you that even even though you describe yourself as a Christian, I'll guarantee you that your vision of God, your your relationship with God, your thoughts about what you think God is, is probably different than 99% of most Christians Mm -hmm. because it's a personal thing to you. I think there's something powerful about that. I think that, uh, I think that works really well for some people. You know what I'm saying? Um, it just, it, it wasn't working that way. It wasn't working that way for me anymore, which is, which is why I kind of, had to separate myself from from the church, yeah, and man. from those kind of things. But yeah. also, for me, for I'm I'm sorry. Let me just let me finish the yeah, thought real quick. For for me, a lot of people write write me off as an atheist, and we don't. I've I've never once described myself as that, and I don't think I consider myself that either. I think, I think atheists calling religious people stupid for their beliefs. Mm-hmm. Is just as stupid as it being the other way around. I think absolute statements are really dangerous when it comes to religion. I think that's why you have wars and why people fight and and have these different opinions because it, it's an absolute thing for you. That's such a that's such a part of your life that's ingrained in you to where you're right, and therefore any other belief structures have to be wrong. And I think that creates a lot of conflict. So I think any sort of absolute statement is super dangerous. So I just don't participate in it anymore. Yeah. Because no, I tough, don't fucking know. Yeah. Well, that's you the know? thing, too, is, like, you know, what you said about, um, when you said religion, I'm not religious. Like, that's, a lot of people are like, oh, you're religious. I'm like, no, that's man-made. It's, I'm not religion. Like, I, th- I think religion's kind of bogus. Like, it's man-made. Like, people make up all these rituals and all this stuff. No, I just believe in God. Like, I think there is a creator. How could there not be? If there isn't, what do we all just blow up in the Big Bang? I mean, that's... But I don't, I'm not, I don't knock that. That's mm-hmm. your opinion. I don't believe that. And I don't think that's possible because it's so genetically, like, defined. I'm like, how could someone... It has to be some kind of creator of, uh, like, how we are. How is it just not? But I don't knock the fact that, you know, I, I see what you're saying about, like, the Bible. And there's a lot of things in there that if you don't, you know, when you read it and stuff like that that are like kind of contradicting they sound like they're contradicting or some say they are um you know we can get in we can talk about this forever but for me i just believe you know one number one like i said we're all on this earth together like what i believe and i can we can go into detail on what i believe and all that stuff but the main thing is respect each other love each other for what who they are doesn't matter yeah what where they go how they do it doesn't matter i don't care we're doesn't matter. Like, why does that matter? I mean, it matters to you because it's your opinion on how you feel about it. Now, I do understand. I get, I get, like, you know, these hypocrites, they're assholes, they're judging. Well, that's a lot of people in this world. It's not just Christians, but 
there, it seems to be more in the Christian realm, like, you know, everybody is judgmental because if you don't, if you do this, you're going to go to hell, you know, like, that's a bunch of bullshit, you know, like, I think it's just, you know, love people, mm. you know, help people out because it's what you're put on this earth to do, I believe, um, and take care of each other. No matter what they believe, it doesn't matter. You're showing love to them, it doesn't. Yeah. And for me, that's kind of my belief. As far as the God thing, we, I can sit here and talk about it. Like, and the, you're, that's a good question you had earlier about how, you know, well, Bible, blah blah. You know, the questions you had, and like, I can't answer that right now because I'm not. You know, I don't know. But what I know is, it sounds easy to say love everybody and all that, but sometimes it's hard because you want to go punch them. And there's in the so face many assholes. You off in traffic. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, yeah. but if everybody just lived with the principles of what some of the things in the Bible say, and I like I said, it could be in other religions too. Buddhism has some good points as far as like, hey, it's kind of similar to what the Bible says, but just living by those principles to me, even if you weren't a Christian, are pretty good. Most, most religious books are, are pretty yeah. similar. And a lot of religious law is pretty similar. Um, a lot of the same stories that you hear are very similar. You just have a you had just have there's just a different character's name attached to it, mm-hmm. um, and and that's kind of that's kind of the real crazy part about it is, and I've been working I don't I've never done stand up but I have <laughs> insane amounts of material <laughs> that I'll just write down mm-hmm. like little these little things and I, I'm trying to work on a a little bit right now because I was I was thinking the other day the three main things that wars are fought over are virtually all man-made money it's created by man that's it's not even a real thing like mm-hmm. like physically it's real but but it's not a does that make sense it's made up it's like i'm gonna give you this for that because i want that right you know uh religion is whether you like it or not is man-made you know oh, the, yeah. the books of the bible were written by man you know whatever it's regardless of your religion that's man-made too so uh so what you have all your all your wars are basically fought over made religion. up made up things well no money religion um what was the other one i have it written down somewhere but uh but there was an, there was another one and it's just it's crazy to me because we're literally killing each other over things that are just created by us that like that weren't even here <laughs> you know that that were just made up if everybody yeah. in this world would just be okay with what everybody, everybody's got their own separate lives. Whatever they do is their own personal business. If everybody would just be okay and not worry about the other person and what they believe in, and just focus on, hey, let's just have a good time, hang out, let's love each other. Yes, you believe that. That's fine. I understand there are some certain like hangups when it comes to that like, well, I don't like that he's doing this. I'm not talking more about like, like, well, he's gay. I don't like him. That's what I'm talking about. Like, don't worry about that guy. It doesn't matter. That's him. That's his life. Like, let him be. Why would you? It's not your place to judge, man. Like, you know, and that's where I'm at. Like, as far as the Bible and all that, like I said, I can go on and on and talk about mm. this for hours. But if the world would be so much better place if everybody would just for, don't worry about so much about what other people believe in. Just focus on. I want to know what your third one is. I, I'm getting it. I'm looking at it. I up do right too. Now. I would, no, hold I, on. I would think. Um, mine would be oh race oh mine would be, yeah the other one's race mine would be money race, money race yeah. money race and religion those are all created 
they're made up ideas. I think borders are also a big part of it. I think that plays into all three of those things, though. It's my lane, not your lane. This is, yeah. this is my line. Right. Don't cross this line. Oh, That's yeah. Yeah, like that whole, like, proud of where you're from shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Like, fu- because you God, were born on this it. side of a made up line. Yes. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> And then, but see, like, now you're talking about, like, it's crazy. Globalization. It's crazy. Is that good or not? Is that bad? Yeah, that gets into a whole, you know, I have mixed feelings. It's not that I didn't want, wouldn't want anybody to come here. I'm I'm not, I'm 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 for helping people out. I think really it's just a matter of, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not really about, like, borders. I think it's more about, like, all right, we live here, you know, we pay taxes all our lives. We're born here, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of like just the natural way of saying, hey, look, like, we can't bring this many people here. Maybe we can. I don't know. But what if all those those lines just went away? Went away? I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Well, I mean, no one could. But, I mean, you have, you know. I There'd be no more and, control. Exactly. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> and that's uh, that's the scary part about globalization is, is well, who do we answer Dude, we're, to? we're all enslaved anyway. <laughs> I think with a world with no, with no law, though, would be chaotic. We're not talking about, not I talking mean, about like, no law. Just, but that, that would have to be a part of, you know, it would be the southern and, 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 and northern hemispheres were coming together, and now we're just this one big group, you know. I think that's a good thing, you know, I mean, but again, you know, you know, I don't, like I said, it. You could Dude, you could think of so many negative things. You could just think of so many. Positive yeah, things I mean, about for, it. for the most part, we have it better than anyone else ever has, for sure. For Amen sure. Amen to that. Yeah. And and even currently, man, my brother was telling me the other day that if if you live in the states and make over thirty thousand dollars a year, that you are in the top five percent mm-hmm. of the world. Yeah. yeah. Like that's okay. That's enough. Like it, it's, it's, and, and that's just another crazy thing. And I, I think that's where greed comes in too. Cause just when is enough enough, man. Um, and man, I, I posted this thing that I found on Instagram a, a few weeks ago that said, remember, it was something like, remember five years ago when you wanted what you currently have. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it was just, it really puts it into perspective because we just, we get in these just constant need for improvement and and once you get here you, you have to go there. here and then once you get here you have to go there when is it ever just going to be good enough to say hey i'm good man i think i try to i try to i try to practice gratitude every day that's a really important thing that's a really important word jared yeah i think i think you're already there because you do what you love to do and that's mm-hmm. that's what i'm trying to say man like i love yeah i love what i do you and, gotta be and, careful i don't love it all the time no but you, like, but you, what would you, you should hear, what, what else would you rather I, be doing? Though? I spend my days in this office by myself, yeah. and you should hear some of the words I can come but up dude, with. Dude, you can walk downstairs and get a dank <laughs> like, beer, you know, like two not during the nothing. daytime. That's I can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but no, seriously. No, po- like, man, it, baby. I, did you see? Did you see that uh, uh, Sweetwater regrammed your shit? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweetwater that. Brewery did. Yeah, he regrammed that. That fucking. Uh, that's my that boy. That's drum. my boy, Aaron. He oh wow. Yeah. But um, way to go, that's man. That's actually not me. That's Aaron. No, I'm saying, but, but it, yeah, you even got your name up there, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. I just I booked uh, um 
I booked a, a wedding reception at Sweetwater Brewery today. Nice. So yeah, rock and roll, dude. Yeah, Going dude. for Sweetwater, dude. Super cool, man. He's a great fly fisherman. He, he's I've met him through actually one of my buddies, Justin Powell. He's a great guy. He comes down here and he's got a condo out at uh, Topsail, and he'll come down and, or not Topsail, is it Topsail Hidden Dunes or something mm-hmm. like that? And he'll come mm-hmm. down and fish me all the time. Is that who that was? Yeah, it was my buddy that I took out. Yeah, okay. but I've been like I said, I've been fishing with Did, him. That's Justin Powell. No, that's my oh, buddy Aaron. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I was gonna say because Justin's all over Sweetwater stuff. He does Justin, a lot with Sweetwater. Dude, Justin's a freaking yeah. animal when it comes to fly fishing. Like he's all over Sweetwater. Does all the you know. The funny thing is he doesn't drink. <laughs> yeah. Like he shows these beers. You know, he used to drink a lot, but he doesn't do it anymore. But it's cool because. Is he know, still Aaron, playing? Does he still play? Yeah, he plays in a band called Simplify. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, out of you know they're out of Charlotte. I think Charlotte or Raleigh. He does that, but he's a fishing manager at Orvis in Atlanta now. I'd like to talk to him about the music side of that because they had you a hit. You ought to get him on the show, They had man. a hit. He would be a great guy to get on the show. Please, please awesome. let him know, man. Let him know. He's Anytime an awesome he comes dude. to town, I'd love to have him, dude. And his brother, Sky, is such a fucking sweetheart, great dude. Great guy, man. Greatest um, guy. Yeah. Dude, he used to guide for me. He was like the best. One of the yeah. best guides I've ever had. Such a nice guy. Yeah. Um, Gets it. Polite, intelligent. It. Yep. Hardworking. I went to the, uh, Justin's bachelor party out in Port St. Joe. Um, a couple weeks ago, dude, and we all, it was like Justin, Sky, me, and like yeah. a couple other dudes, and we just went out there and like hung out, camp, and like got eaten up, eaten our ass alive by bugs. and For like, sure. Sat around and freaking put by the fire and just drank beers and hung, hung out, you know? Yeah. And, like, But Justin's a good dude. He's got some funny stories, man. I didn't know he had some funny stories he did to where we were sitting by the campfire. I was like, dude, that shit was funny. He was telling me about like just... I can't really say it on here, yeah. but yeah, yeah, he might he might anyway. pop one up. But uh, you should definitely he's he's yeah, it'd be a great great addition to yeah. the show for sure. What I was gonna uh, what I was gonna say though, man, I'd love to have him on here because I want to. They had they had a hit song. I, I'd say it was a hit. It was all over the place. Yeah, they got like a I think a and, million views. Or yeah, and I, I want to know like what happens with that. Like, how do you how do you either harness it or what decisions were made to where you weren't I able to harness think, it. What they're doing is they're doing like the rock boat and stuff like that. So they're doing big shows, but they're yeah. not they're not doing it all the time. And personally, as a musician, if I were to go back in time and say, All right, Heritage, as a band, let's all go get a day job. Let's all go like let's Dude do something. Hunter else. said the same thing when he was on. No, here. I'm telling yep. you, go do uh, something. Don't just like focus just because if you start focusing just on making money to play music, mm-hmm. yeah, it's great, but you're I feel like you're over-saturating yourself in a certain market. And you're eventually... Right. You're absolutely right. People are like, ah, oh, yeah, I can go see Heritage anytime. You know, like... Um, but getting out there and, like, leave your town. Like, get out of the way. Like, do something else. Don't play as much. Maybe pick up, like, a side project or whatever. And, and kind of play gigs where, you know, every now and then, where people are... A lot of people show up. Mm-hmm. And then build upon that like all right we're gonna and every single show is like a big show it's yeah. like that's yep. how all these yep. big bands i would do, do it differently it, you know? yeah 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 you're exactly it's right. hard to do that though whenever you're just a small band and you're you're you know you're a small well, fish in a big pond or whatever you want to call it you don't know any better yeah you well know. and the thing is man uh especially in our area with the kind of guarantees you can get it makes financial it sense does. you can start you're you're like wait a second i can go work i can go work at starbucks for 10 hours a day and then play my gigs that get paid no money for that i hope you know some people show up to but i still get to play what i want or i can play 20 times a month get a grand a night for it in this band that i've started and make a and make a decent 
Yeah, I guess decent <clears throat> living, man. It's crazy. You could. Well, I mean, it's just destined. So you, I mean, it's not a big deal. Like, you could see you twenty times a week. It doesn't matter because you're only in Destin. Like, if you're out traveling, I think it it really just a It really just kind of depends on getting out there, getting some some word out there with people. And yo, but, it's six thirty, man. Are you good? Late. I'm good. Okay. All right. Cool. Oh, it is six thirty. Yeah. Let me see. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 I know. No, I still. I think I can tell the time. Got a minute. We're good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, we're thought, good. Man. I just I know got, you said got, you had no, to be somewhere at a certain time. We're good. So I got another seven forty-five. Okay. So I'm good. Oh, okay. But we don't well, talk that long. But yeah, that would. That's what. I mean, Hunter and I actually talked about that when we yeah. were playing in the band. We're like, hey, you know, maybe we should all just go out and get like a little side project, and we'll just heritage is like the deal. Like when we play, it's gonna be big. You know, we're gonna do this. And everybody's gonna come out, and we're playing five nights a week. You'll get some stragglers that want to go out five nights a week, but most of the time it's gonna be like you know, twenty or thirty people. Whereas you only play once, twice a month in the area, you're gonna get a lot. You of You sell tickets, and you can make yeah. more money that way because you're not oversaturating yourself. But again, Destin's a small market, so you it's Destin. You know, you got Nashville, you got you know. Everywhere else in the world. So Destin I mean, is such an anomaly, though, because there's so many... Pl- between Panama City and Pensacola, there's a hundred places that I have don't bands. think it hurts. I think it hurts locally uh-huh. for you to get people out. I don't think it hurts you as a band because you're generating income by yeah. playing in town. You're, you're going to get paid because you're a good band and you have a reputable name. But So I don't know, man. It goes back and forth. But I think for us, if I were to go, go back, I would say, hey, let's take it easy and take it slow. And then every show that we do, we just blow it up. Yeah. You know? But like do one a month mm-hmm. max and then play outside of town all yep. the rest of the yeah, time. yeah yeah that's all you and do and don't and come back to each town like once every four months or something yeah. like that yeah know? that's how to do it like every six to eight this weeks, is your money really. maker in Destin because you can make yeah. money it doesn't matter people love you even though they don't want to see you every night it's fine you're still making money they're still paying you go out of town the rest of the time yep. come back that's the way to do it yep for sure but agreed yep agreed well shit dude thanks for uh Thanks for coming on and sure, hanging man. out with Thanks us, man. Thanks for the beers, too. They were good. It's been a long time coming, dude. We've been doing this for... Uh, Shh, like, a year, like, dude. Yeah, almost a year. So, uh, sorry to everyone for going away for a few months. It's, <laughs> I think we, we've done one episode the last eight weeks, I think. And we just... You know how it gets this time of year, dude. March, March, April, and May, just they get you and get yeah. a little carried away and stuff. So, I'm let's down. go fish soon, man. I'm down. Let's go, let's go I've get some snapper. You don't have to friggin' tempt me with a good time. Yeah. Let's let's throw some kayaks on the boat and then go catch snapper over some of the, <laughs> over some Take of the your spots. Boat and my yeah. boat, and we'll put a kayak on each, and we'll yeah. anchor down and get off. <laughs> I got some numbers. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, sweet. just text them to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go check them out first. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, for people who for people who don't know that might like to follow what Dave's doing with Kayak Fishing Destin, you can follow him on Instagram, Kayak Fishing Destin. Mm-hmm. You can go to his website, kayakfishingdestin.com. Uh, you can check him out, what, on Facebook on Kayak mm-hmm. Fishing Destin? Yep. Uh, Half Hitch Tackle, you do all their stuff. So you can find Half Hitch. You can find that in Port St. Joe. You can find that in Navarre. You can find that here in Destin. Um, all that stuff. So, uh so if there's any fishermen that want to get out, you know, hit us up, wimt.podcast.gmail.com. We can make sure that we get all that stuff over here to to Dave. And uh, thanks again for coming on, dude. Good talking to you, man. Yeah, no doubt, man. Good to see you. All right, later, guys. Bye-bye.